This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that would normally be kind to bees, unless it's the species known as Brentford FC. All hail Antonio Conte as he managed to balance the need to take the FA Cup seriously with the opportunity to rest key players and try out some fringe players. The bees were dispatched more quickly than they have been by a GMO fertiliser once William had opened the scoring with a stunning free kick. At least Brentford put up a bit of a fight in the second half, which is more than can be said for their fans, who sounded more like a hum of gnats' wings than a swarm of angry bees. But we should single out one bee for special praise, as Brana Ivanovic came on for a cameo marked by a goal in what is probably his last game for Chelsea. Now, it occurred to me that during uh, the very quiet Brentford fans singing, there there was one song that uh, they really should adopt as their own terrace anthem. And I'm disappointed that they didn't. Uh, So in honour, as kind of a tribute to the Brentford Bees, and Chell Tell, for those of you who have been listening for a long, long time, you will recognise this. I give you this. Oh, what a glorious thing to be, a healthy grown-up, busy, busy bee, whiling away the passing hours, pinching all the pollen from the cold leaf flowers. I'd like to be a busy, busy bee, being just as busy as a bee can be, flying round the garden, the streets never seen, taking back the honey to the dear old queen. Buzz, 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 honeybee, honeybee, buzz, if you like the don't sting me. Buzz, 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 honeybee, honeybee, buzz, if you like the don't sting me. Buzz, Oh, what a glorious thing to be, a healthy, grown-up, busy, busy bee. Well, wonderful, wonderful stuff. You see, that is, in fact, officially uh, the Brentford Football Club Terrace (laughs) Anthem, the famous Arthur Askey Busy Bee song, much beloved by uh, the, the, well, you know, Chell Tell, who used to be with us on the show. Uh, I shall leave it there. I am Stanford Chidge, and the the name of tonight's show is uh, The Chelsea Fancast. 
buzz off. Right, enough. Uh, time to get on with it. Uh, isn't it marvellous, as Altaraski would have said? It certainly is when you win 4-0. Now, I'm going to introduce uh, to the show tonight, those of you who don't know already, we have, of course, the uh, one-man band that is Jonathan Kidd. <laughs> How nice, Chich. I think he wouldn't have... I don't think he'd have said, isn't it marvellous? I'm thinking, because that was someone else. Isn't it marvellous? Who was that? No, no, he said that. He said that. Really? Because he also used he to did. say, I hey, thank you all. I thank you all. I thank you I thank you um, well, he was a wonderful the character, show, wasn't he? As always, Chidge, thank you. Lovely to be on. Pleasure. So, well, the thing, thing I have to ask you, JK, is, uh, you know, how many times did you perform with Arthur Askey? Uh, my dad performed with Arthur Askey uh, on many occasions uh, in the Arthur Askey show. And uh, there was a picture used to hang in the loo of him, Anthea Askey, his daughter, and Arthur Mallard. Do you remember Arthur Mallard? I do. He used to play coaches all the time, Arthur Mallard. He did. And, uh, Arthur, and Arthur Askey was, was a mate. And um, uh, bizarrely, uh, anybody who doesn't know, my father was an actor called Sam Kidd, who was, um, uh, he, he made over 240 films and made thousands of television shows. And he worked with all of them, Frankie Howard, Benny Hill, Charlie Drake, Eric Sykes. Um, he was in 20 episodes of, uh, separate episodes of Dixon and Doc Green. Um, and I've just found... A, bizarrely an unpublished autobiography in his loft and i'm doing a speech at for renowned pictures in uh, two weeks time about him and i'm trying to write it at the moment but i'm delving into the some of the very funny stories he wrote about people he, he worked with errol flynn um good lord with, uh, he worked with he was he was uh Cady in walt disney's treasure island with robert newton uh, you know where a hard jim lad came from and uh and he was the first pirate to be killed um and he was telling a story how uh um, uh, Robert Newton used to have to wear a fake leg and every time he'd start off in a scene he'd get cramp so it just took ages to shoot these scenes because he'd go Aha, oh fuck oh fuck sorry, <laughs> sorry. can we go again please sorry um, anyway too much I could talk about it for ages um, but uh, see, yeah, I, but, knew, I knew I knew I should never have asked you you see no, I just I knew yes he worked he knew I just... Arthur and he knew and liked him very much and worked with him a lot. Yeah, but I know. Oh, I, there I we go. Jonathan, wonderful, wonderful anecdote. Save the rest for uh, Desert Island Discs. Um, brilliant, oh, as always, oh, to have JK. Oh, brilliant oh. to have... Oh, that was quite a compliment. What are you talking about? Anyway, brilliant to have JK on. And thank you for Jonathan for entertaining the Mixler troops whilst we had a bit of a technical difficulty uh, by strumming his wonderful guitar and singing along to it. Made up, all, all, I mean, brilliant, you know, improv and then some. Uh, now, talking of improv and then some, poor old Tony had a bit of computer trouble, but I'm delighted to say he is with us in the house, the wonderful Tony Glover. Oh, don't tell me he's gone. <laughs> oh, no, uh, sorry. I said I'm relatively calm now. I had it on fucking mute. Sorry. You were I, said, I, thought, about. I, I you would were never have... About. I thought the Tourette's made Stop mucking about! Listen, I can't. It's patently obvious that tonight I could well be a car crash waiting to happen. So, it's a pleasure to be back. Hello, everybody in Mixer there. Hi, Alex. Hi. I I nearly called him Sam. Hi, JK. And uh, it's good to be here. Brilliant. Well, I'm amazing. And uh, last, but by no means least, of course, uh, poor old uh, Clayton Beerman. uh, it was not very well today, so uh, I'm delighted to say uh, we've got back. Uh, I, I have to be honest, and I, I, I don't mean to demean any of the other people that we have on the show, but I've rarely ever had such a, a positive response to somebody being on this little show in the eight years that we've been doing it. So a wonderful, warm welcome back to the lovely Alex Churchill. God, they haven't got very high standards then, have they? 
No, the bar's set pretty low, to be fair. <laughs> no, no, right? to be fair. Can I just say that already, thanks, Tony, because I got no fucking chance of being the sweariest person on here tonight after that run. <laughs> oh, oh, dear. Excuse me. That, listen, there are some children listening and Americans. Be very careful. <laughs> uh, really? Anyway, listen, we, sh- we should get on with the show because we've been fanning around for long enough. Uh, right, on the show tonight, we're going to salute Brana Ivanovic and discuss the great contribution made by a very loyal servant to the club and ponder some of our favourite Branner moments. Uh, we'll also be following the FA Cup draw live. I believe it's about to start, so we're going to keep started, an eye on that. Uh, okay, we're going to keep... We're going to keep... No interrupting, Alex. You know the rules. And uh, we're going to keep an eye on it and we'll discuss who will Chelsea be playing in the last 16. It, we might do that in this part. It might do it in the next part. We'll see. Anyway, in part two, we're going to praise Conte and we're going to ask who impressed most out of the fringe players who got a chance, and who disappointed. Uh, In part three, we look ahead to what will possibly be a season-defining week for Chelsea, with Liverpool coming up on Tuesday night, followed by Arsenal on Saturday. And we also have a look back at the implications of the CPO AGM, which was held last Friday. I was there. And what the passing of Resolution 9 means. Now, in part four, to wrap up as always, we've got one only one email this week, Jonathan, but we have an excellent email, which I'm sure will get the debate going, as well as an exciting announcement about our involvement with the Shore chelsea collaboration that some of you may have seen in the news today. Uh, I can assure you it has nothing to do with our general uh, he- uh, cleanliness and personal hygiene or that of any other Chelsea players, but we will reveal more later. And, of course, a couple of plugs for some great Chelsea events. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the show live on Mondays, every Monday at 7 o'clock. Although uh, there are some fixture changes, as we know about, which uh, means the games are on Monday, so we'll be on Tuesdays <laughs> those weeks. But I'll keep you posted about that later. Anyway, all you have to do, is you well know by now, you go to Mixler, mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. Uh, of course, you can tweet us at any time at Chelsea Fancast and tell us what you think about us, the games, anything you like, really. We'll, we'll talk to you about anything because we are that desperate for friends. So there we go. Uh, after this short break, we'll be talking about Ivanovic. Thank you, Alex. Okay, we are back. Now, the first thing I really want to talk about um, on the show tonight before we actually talk about the game itself, well, first of all, I want, I want to really you know, allow us to, to talk about Brana Ivanovic. Uh, but after that, we're going to talk about the FA Cup draw because we now know who Chelsea have got. But we'll keep our powder dry on that uh, for a minute. Now, uh, the first thing I would say, of course, is it, it looks pretty... I mean, just judging from the news I've been seeing today, it looks pretty certain that... Uh, that Branner's going to be off to um, Zenit St. Petersburg. Isn't, I think AVB's the manager there, so God help he him. Is. But anyway, yeah. No, yeah, yeah so anyway. To step looks, above going to these... China, he's isn't not, it? He's not hey! Ask, <laughs> wait to be asked, thank you. Uh, anyway, uh, it looks like he's going there. But the first thing I want to ask, really, I mean, Jonathan, 
what a lovely cameo and a great ending possibly i mean it was a lovely goal wasn't it and it, i just there was something really quite warm and fluffy about all of that i was really pleased to see it happen were you i was very pleased to see it happen and uh, i stood up and cheered when he came on and stood up and cheered when he went off and i was disappointed that he didn't um he didn't seem to pay any attention to any of the crowd when he ran off but uh, after nine years but um he's mm. been given a coating in uh, twitter that perhaps it got to him and he didn't feel very uh, wanted i did feel it was very interesting watching him um attempt to play uh, a kind of moses role when it made you realize of course that how how out of the picture he is now as a player at chelsea um, uh, just because of the, he's, he's a f- defender first and foremost, and he got into his position going forwards, and all right, he was he was chopped down for the uh, penalty, and uh, and he scored the goal. But his attempts to cross and beat players were just not obviously in the same class as Moses, because Moses is a winger, and it's interesting to see that he's been uh, he's obviously got his legs aren't what they were, but he's also been frozen out tactically because. Um, Conte plays the way he plays but uh, he's a, a wonderful servant some brilliant memories some brilliant performances some brilliant goals um, uh, to me, he's one of the great Chelsea fullbacks to me OK well that's, I'm going to pick pick up on that actually JK because that's a very nice segue because um, you know it was really odd actually because I can't I don't think it was Brenner I was talking about oddly Maybe it was in the pub afterwards. I'd had a few, so I can't really remember. But um, we, I was talking to my, my mate Andy the Fireman, actually, about whether, you know, the difference between legends and uh, and cult heroes. But, well, Tony, would you call Branner a legend or would you call him a cult hero? Uh, I, I think, um, for me, oh, that's a tough one. Uh, no, he's a legend, is, isn't, isn't he? he? Let's be fair. Yeah. I think, uh, and I, I'll tell you why I, I, I said it. We, he was a, a January acquisition under Avram Grant, as I recall. Um, we got him at the same time as we got Nicholas and Elka. And we didn't see him for a good uh, three or four months, OK? And I did this on the podding shed last week, little plug there. Um, but at the time, I actually believed that he was the same as a badger, because I don't believe badgers actually <laughs> exist, right? Because you never fucking see them. They're never, you know. I've never seen a live badger, right? I've seen some animals with a white painted stripe down the back by the side of the road, but I've never seen one. Yeah. Like, I just think they're completely and utterly made up. And I thought he was one of them. And I thought he's this. We bought this bloke, right? And he's been shoved away. He's standing in the canteen, knocking out some chips for the other players or whatever, right? And then when he comes on and he eventually gets introduced into the team, he just was one of the most solid, honest defenders i've ever seen and and do you know what i always reminds me of i don't know it's almost deliverance like the way i'm going to say this but i can imagine him with the old um sort of straw hat on piece of straw hanging out of his teeth and sort of you know manager coming up with him simple farm boy and saying nobody goes full retard tony no but you (laughs) defend and all he says is i defend and off he goes and defends nothing else just brilliant so I, i i love the bloke i think he has dropped off a cliff. Sad. All football is all good things and all that sort of stuff. But um, I'm I'm going to put him in legend rather than cult hero. You're going to you're more legend than cult hero, yeah? Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. Alex. What what about you? Is he a legend or a cult hero for you? I'm going to go legend purely for the fact that he's got the most magnificent ass I've ever seen in my life. 
It's gone a bit. How, how wonderful, how, how, how serendipitous that we have a female on the show tonight. <laughs> to talk about his art. I have worshipped it for nigh on seven years now. No, I think he is a legend. I think he's one of those players where he literally would run around bleeding in the middle of a game. He's a legend just for the two headers against Liverpool at Anfield. Yes. Yes. And I think as well, I just think when he first played at right back, that first game where they shoved him out there, because they said, oh, he could play right back and he hadn't. And then we put, he was like a hippo running through quicksand. And yet somehow he completely changed his game. He learned to run. He got fast. He's, do you know, and he adapted. And I just think sadly he, he didn't this time. And I think age was against him. And I think the tactics were against him. And he's like him and Terry for me will be the biggest casualties of this new system we're playing mm. because they never had that in their locker, what they'd be required to do now in that three at the back mm. formation or yeah. out the wing. But for me, he's a fucking legend because he's one of those players that he's like Cahill. They're not born Chelsea and they're not raised Chelsea, but when they're in your club shirt, they'll fucking die for the team. And okay. I absolutely think, I mean, they well, still so... have his boot mounted, don't they? At the Academy, the one where we played Liverpool in, was it Liverpool in the league cup where he had a hole in his foot and his bloodstained boot is in a case at the Academy so that all of the Chelsea youth players can see what it takes to make it in the first team. Well, well, you know what? I, I did not know. I did. I did not know that. I did not know that. But I'm really pleased to hear that because I, I, that's one of my favourite Brandon memories. We'll get on to those in a minute. But I thought you come, you got you had some interesting points there, as always, Alex. But it, you know, I, I, clearly he's been a great servant. Clearly he's made a massive contribution. He's won eight eight trophies whilst he's been at Chelsea, and of course he scored the winning goal uh, in you know in Amsterdam when we won the Europa Cup, and that that puts him in very elite company. Drogba. Uh, Zola and Peter Osgood, of course. Um, so, I mean, in, in a sense, I could, I, I, I would accept that he's a legend, but I, I think legend is, is, you know, shelled out far too much these days. I yeah. personally would put him more in the cult hero, but that's not the point. Um, you mentioned the fact that both you and Tony mentioned the fact, of course, that he kind of went downhill a bit, and of course, he kind of, you know, I would argue has been played in the wrong position for far too long. But I, I mean, what what really disappoints me about Brenner is is recently, of course, he's been getting an absolute coating from some complete pillocks out there, usually on Twitter, of course. Ah, the, no nappy, surprise. the nappy shitters, you mean? The nappy shitters, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is, the bottom line is, though, guys, is that, that you know nobody survives the passage of time, and and clearly his legs were going a year or two ago, and I just wonder how culpable Jose is for this, you know, in a sense, kind of hanging him out to dry because everybody could tell that he shouldn't have been being picked, and yet he still. Mm stubbornly picked him and I and I get a sense that you know perhaps Mourinho failed to protect him in a way whereas you know we see Conte coming in now and he's perhaps being a lot a lot more sensible about some of the I mean like JT nobody's getting their knickers in a twist because JT doesn't play every week and clearly we know that you know he, he's on the wrong side of it now so I, I, I kind of feel sorry for Branner in, in a way and Jonathan mentioned that you know maybe he's a bit not by it you know I, I don't blame him at all but Frankly, I think he deserves all the praise he gets, JK. Wonderful, wonderful player, Chich. Absolutely wonderful. Proper player, wasn't he? He's kind of old school, wasn't he, actually? Very much. You know, put it about. That's it. Very much well, old school. Never old... ever shied out of a tackle, ever. Never no. saw him bottle it once. Can we just keep him to just personally train Batchwine and how to be a bastard? Yeah, well, that's a very good point, and I'm going to mention your blog later because I haven't put it up, and I, that's okay. because I've been busy today. But I will, I will, I will, I will. Okay, we should round the Branner chat off, really. I'd, I'd just like to hear about some of your favourite favourite Branner moments, really. Do you want to kick us off, Alex? Don't do them all in one go. Oh, no, there was, uh, well, there's the arse. 
there so every warm up in front of me at an away game was a pleasure and also as well when we went up to Liverpool for that leg of the Champions League and I think it was Torres put them ahead and we all thought oh fucking hell here we go and then this guy who nobody expected just got his meathead on two of the best headers I've ever seen and sank them and I just thought I love that man Mm. okay Tony what about you have you got some favorite Brenner memories uh, yes, I have. Um, and it was not a game I was watching. I was driving home from a work do and I was getting more and more, you know, fingernails dug into the steering wheel, sphincter clenched. And that was <laughs> um, it was the Napoli game. Right. Um, and um, and I, I had what Jonathan Kidd would probably call a oh, my Lord moment when I had to pull the car over when Branagh scored the decisive goal. Um and I got home and I'd managed to tape it or tape it fucking hell. Let's give up with the teenagers there, but mm. uh, managed to record it uh, and watched it back. And I just think that summed up him altogether, that whole team of that era. But that goal was the one that got us, I think, was the turning point in the entire Champions League competition. It was the one mm. that must, if you'd have been at Stanford Bridge, and I wasn't sadly, but I had to pull my car off the A34 on one of the rare occasions when there was fuck all traffic on it because it was about half nine, quarter ten at night or whatever, uh, and just sit there going, yes. Was yes. there a bit of sex week going there, on? There, there was. There was a little yeah. bit of that. There was. I, 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 I believe the French have a, have a wine named after. I think it's called a Semillon, something like that. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, very, very good, very good. J.K., I think it's time we hear from from you. Get, get rid of these ribald people telling naughty stories. Jonathan, what's your favourite no, favourite Brown moment? I was going to talk about his arse, actually. So, uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> can I just um, say that goal celebration? No, you can't. It's Jonathan's turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, say, say, Alex, say if you want. Go on. That goal celebration when the second header went in Anfield, where he just kind of put both hands out and signaled, signaled to the other players, like, yes, you may come and worship me now. And they yeah. all just jumped on him. Epic. That was brilliant. Yeah, I, I remember I that well. JK. Uh, that, yeah, he, that was an unbelievable moment. I, I attempted to have him called the Lion of Anfield for about several weeks after that, but everybody thought I was a dick, so I, I gave that <laughs> up. Um, but, um, uh, and also, just to say, uh, there was a comparable, a comparable ass uh, in for anybody who can go back this far was Kenny Swain, who ended up getting a Champions League medal with Villa, uh, playing right back, who played midfield for Chelsea about 1979, 78, 79. Who um, was a good, good player, but he had a very similar ass. In fact, when Branagh first started playing, I kept saying, "It's Kenny Swain's ass. Look, Kenny Swain." <laughs> um, but, and once again, people thought I was a dick. Um, I think there's a there's a pattern emerging, um, but um, uh, no, uh, th- those two goals were for me absolutely phenomenal. Because as you as you say, uh, Alex, we were we were um, we were all thinking, oh, here we go, Torres has scored, or oh, they'll be all over us. And the 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 quiet in the stadium at Anfield was oh so joyful, Beautiful. oh um, unbelievable feeling, fantastic. <laughs> um, um, uh, Chidge, what was quick QPR away? Um, well, no, that's one of my favourite moments, but. That was when, uh, when we it was the one nil, I think, wasn't it, on a, on the way to winning the title? Oh, what, and yeah, he yeah, took yeah, a yeah. throw in. He took a throw in, didn't yeah. he? And and he yeah. went and the, and the QPR fans were absolutely giving it to him, and he just leant straight back into them. Yeah. Oh, yes, uh, yes, Almost yes. over the barrier. Yeah. It was right next to me. Remember, I told you that story. I was yeah. sitting with yeah, exactly. the Rangers fans, and I've got I've got two yeah. unbelievable close up pictures of him, and I had to explain away 
to the people I was sitting with who thought I was a Rangers fan, why I was taking pictures of the Chelsea players. And I was just saying, oh, no, I'm taking pictures of everybody. I just, I just, you know, I like, I like football. You know, I just I'm just a sad bit. tourist. Yeah, yeah, I'm just exactly. Well, no, <laughs> no, I, I'd made out I was a Rangers fan. It was a bad thing to have done. But I was sitting in the front row. And yes, he was being, he was being flicked and, and hit by everybody. That was, that was, that was very amusing. Yeah, that was a mm. great win. Great win, Jesus God! Fabregas. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna. We've gone off. We've gone off on a tangent. I've gone, I've well, I'm just going to wrap it up because we need to move. We need to move on a break. But I'm going to mention. Well, I think obviously the Napoli at home, which is still, I think, yeah, yeah, you know, I think really gets there as my one of my favourite nights at the Bridge actually, and he was he was a mountain that night. But I think another. I'm surprised none of you have mentioned this actually in the in the new camp in the in, in the semi final when JT got sent off. And, my memory you know, for the sorry, go on. Well, go on. No, go on. I was going to say, my memory of that game, it's actually the, the angriest I've ever seen him was when, is yeah. it Jeff Shreves that pulled him up after yeah. and said, you're exactly not playing that. in the final? And well, he looked really, No, I think I think he looked like off. a really sad puppy. I think he, he looked like a really sad puppy when he that He looked happened. like he was going to cry, didn't he? Yeah, he really yeah. Did. There, was, there was an element of, I'm going to rip off this guy's head and shit. Well, I wish neck. he had. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. going back... Going back to the football, Alex, uh, you know, I th- I thought he he was absolutely. I mean, you know, the performance. No, I mean he. Well, I mean, okay, if you look at the Shrees interview, it looks like he didn't know. But let's let's assume for the the sake of argument that he did know. I mean, he put in a fantastic performance to help get us through to that final, you know. And I think that was great. Uh, and of course, the last minute winner in Amsterdam, as I said earlier on. I mean, there are there are. He's an elite company scoring a, a, a winning European Cup goal for Chelsea in with Zola, Drogba, and Peter Osgood. So, uh, I mean, you know, all in all, the man has had a massive, massive, massive impact on Chelsea for the last nine years. I, I've I've always loved Branner because, as Jonathan was saying, he's an old school footballer and he bleeds for the cause. And I've, I've said, that, you know, this crops up a lot at the moment in conversations I've had with people at the pub. You know, I don't, I don't care how good or bad a player is. I will forgive a player for being absolute shit, as I have done in the past, if they put a hundred percent in or more. And I mean, Branagh was a decent player, bottom line, but he always put in a hundred percent. And you cannot ask uh, for more than that as a supporter. In he my was, book, now he was wasn't he recommended to us as well by um, who's that Man United Serbian bloke? I can't remember his name now. Um, <laughs> Vidic. Vidic. Yeah, that's him. I'm sure that was the one. He was the one that he, he recommended uh, uh, Branner to Chelsea at the time. Said, you need to go and join that club. It's going places. He just, um, well, for me, is, he, um, as well, whatever the team needed, whether it was at the back when JT got sent off, whether it was a goal, I lost count of the amount of times he was there when we needed him and he did what had to yeah. be done. Lovely, jovely. That's a lovely way to end it on, people. Uh, after the break, we're going to praise Conte. Uh, we're also going to talk, actually, about the FA Cup draw because we now know who Chelsea are going to play. So we're going to have a quick chat about that and then we'll talk more about the Brentford game and particularly who impressed us most out of the fringe players who got a chance and who disappointed. We'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Okay, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and it is part two of the Chelsea Fancast, and I have with me uh, Jonathan Kidd. 
Hello. And I also have with me Tony Glover. Bonsoir. Bonsoir, mon ami. And I also have the lovely, lovely, highly intelligent and very well-educated Alex Churchill. Very sweary as well, apparently. Mm, very sweary, I know. Late, uh, <laughs> behaviour unbecoming of a lady. It's I'm Glover. Not a lady. Never that bad until Glover comes on, and then I know you bad. two are the terrible twins of the bloody fan cast. You <laughs> Can two. I anyway. just say though, Glover, I love your dad jokes on Facebook. I love you really? every single one, no matter how shit they are. <laughs> oh dear, well that's, that's high praise indeed, Alex. That's high praise indeed. I'll keep okay, them coming. They they they, they will get worse. Yeah. Has the loving finished? Yeah. Okay, right, we'll carry no, on then. Um, no, we are, we are carrying on. I know, I love you too, JK. JK, JK? I don't know where the JK came from. Anyway, um, there are those... Of, there are those of pe- between JT. Will you all be quiet? Thank you. There are those of... Uh, pe- there are people yet to be discovered in the Amazon rainforest who don't yet know the... Uh, the draw for the fifth round of the FA Cup. Um, I'm glad to say that we do. Uh, it was going on while we were doing part one and we kind of made a, a joint decision to shut up and talk about it in part two because it kind of made more sense. But uh, the the big news, obviously, or as they like to say on TalkSport every morning, I wake up to this. It, I, it's probably I'm probably going to commit suicide one day because of this. But I wake up to Alan Brazil going, and the big stories of the whatever today. And I just go, oh, shut up and want to go back to sleep. Anyway, enough of me ranting on. Uh, we've got Wolves away, uh, which, um, I, you see, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that that's quite a fun draw, actually, because those of us of a certain vintage, uh, Jonathan and myself and, and Tony. Me. yes. Yeah, yeah, well, I know. I said those of us <laughs> of a certain vintage, that would be us three. Alex is the younger one. Uh, but we would remember Wolves as a very big and great side. And in the 70s, we had a fair old few ding-dongs with them, um, off and on the pitch, I ought to uh, add. Uh, but there's, of course, a very, very famous Chelsea match where we all went up to Wolves. In fact, I remember, uh, you know, those of you, again, who've been listening for many, many years, will remember that we used to do this thing called Tales from the Shed with Chell Tell, where he would recount a funny story from when he went to watch Chelsea. And he told us the one about when Chelsea played Wolves in the 70s, I think it was the I think it was 77, 78, or it might have been 80. I could, you know, my 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 dates are, are always in a mess. But anyway, it was the one where we were banned basically from going away, and yet uh, nearly all the normal amount of Chelsea fans, if not more, <laughs> travelled up to Wolves, managed to get into the stadium. Most of them wearing "You can't ban a Chelsea fan" T-shirt. Anyway, cutting a long story short, Tell ended up um, in some strange bar with a gay Mexican wearing a sombrero. Or I don't know, something like that. It was weird. It's in the archive somewhere. I might dig it out for you. But the bottom line is, what I'm really trying to say in a very convoluted way, is that there is a bit of history there with Wolves. Um, we haven't been there for a while, so I think it'd be a cracking draw, eh, Jonathan? I'm, I'm pleased with that one. Uh, I think we beat them 5-0, didn't we, the last time we were there? Oh, no, no, we didn't. Oh, I, we I beat them. We beat them... Um, we beat them uh, uh, 2-1. And uh, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Kap- Kaparov scored and um, uh, with a cross. And um, Didier scored with the ball just booted miles up the pitch by Czech. And he ran onto it and knocked it in the corner. We weren't very good, I remember. But the time before, we'd beaten them 5-0. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd rather... I love the statue of Billy Wright they've got there, which has been um, recently knocked over in an accident. And... Uh, um, and I always wish, unlike with Leeds, I wish them uh, success, and I wish they were back in the division because I like they're mm. a, they're a, they're an ancient club with great traditions and history, and uh, and I think they deserve another another opportunity. So, uh, 
So good luck to them. But at the same time, yeah. um, I hope we uh, have a very easy pass into the into the sixth round after that. So uh, you know what? It's funny, J.K. You know the only uh, connection to professional football that I have is that my uh, mum's uncle, uh, his or his wife, uh, I think somebody related to his wife, played for Wolves in the 50s, in their great 50s side, and actually had an FA Cup winner's medal. That's the only connection my family have to, to professional football, how, how, you know, just showing how crap we were at it. Um, well, so I've got kind married. of a weird soft... You are. He was married. Billy Wright was married to the Beverly, one of the Beverly He sisters. was, wasn't he? Yeah, and one of the yeah. Beverly sisters was on the same bill as my dad in the theatre once. Oh, <laughs> fancy that. Yeah, I'd so never once, have guessed Once again, that. there's a connection, you see. But yeah, once yeah. Once again, there yeah, is. Yeah. I've got a soft spot for them, really, is what I'm saying. Also, Robert Plant, yeah. they're his favourite team, and he's yeah. a proper supporter. I mean, you know, there's all this kind of stuff about big clubs being banded around. But, I mean, in, in, in a funny old, old sense, they're a big old-fashioned club, is what I would call them. I mean, I don't think they're a big club by the modern-day standards. But I'm, I'm delighted we've got them, Tony. Are you happy, or would you have rather uh, have had Huddersfield no, away or Sutton? No, no, very, very happy. I mean, I think Sutton would have been lovely, and I think, as Alex said, there's that the romance of it as well. And I do want to mention that uh, tweet of the night has to come from, um, I think you know him, actually, I've never met him, but uh, Kelvin Barker. Who's oh, actually lovely written Kelvin, down, yeah. Yeah, well, he's actually written here, no easy games in the cup, regardless of what Sutton might be thinking right now. <laughs> which uh mr barker you Classic deserve uh, you deserve medals for no I, I i'm very happy wolves i'm with you on the fact that they're they're a kind of traditional club in the sense not big club but it, it, not in the not by today's um if you like filthy lucre standards or whatever but they are that kind of traditional club go back years and years um i think had it been a slightly different time and i'd have been um perhaps uh, sort of 12, 13 years old in 1970 or whatever. If I'd have known that a Led Zeppelin lead singer was a fan of Wolves, that may well have, that may, may well have been enough to tempt me away from or, or become my first club. So I'm, I'm pleased. I think they're one of these clubs, they're, they're going to be a bit like, a, it seems to be this kind of Midlands group of them that are perennial yo-yo clubs. And I think they've got a chance of getting back. But, you know, whether they'll be long-term again, I don't know. But I like them. And I like the fact that they play in that kind of weird... Uh, ambery yellow colour thing, and they've kind of old stuck gold, Tony. Old gold, gold. Well, old I like gold. that. You know, they've they've kind of stuck by it. So yes, I'm I'm quite happy with that. And I think it's a game that Chelsea should be looking forward to, shouldn't we? Too right. It'd be, uh, can of I course, make the a point. The, can I make a quick yeah. point? It'd be interesting to see what team Conti does actually pick for this game. Considering we're now in the fifth round, will he will he play more of the first team, or will he still go with the uh, the nine changes he made from the previous game? Mm, I think he'll. I think he'll stick as he is. But I think. We, I mean, one thing I'd like to talk about actually that will fit in very nicely with what we're going to talk about later. Actually, J.K. in right. terms of his team selection. So can we pick up on that then? I'm not trying to shut oh. you off, but actually no, it pings no. right into what I want to talk about next. Very, very valid point, though. Nevertheless, uh, Alex, the best thing I think we can also say about playing Wolves is that Paul Lambert manages them. <laughs> oh, I wanted Sutton. I'm not going to get over this. I- born and raised in Sutton I lived on Gander Green Lane it was just it was supposed to happen and also last time I went to Wolves someone threatened to punch me in the face it was a fat man with um, no like way. he was he was simultaneously trying to shove a hot dog in his face with like onions stuck to his chin and like he let 30 odd blokes walk past him in Chelsea blue and then he saw me and he went I want to punch you in the face 
which I thought was <laughs> nice. Did you, so did you kick him in the bollocks? No, I said you'd have to catch me first, you fat C-word. And to which he, kind of did, he did this look, kind of like the Branagh Jeff Shreves moment, and just turned around because his mates were laughing at him so hard. <laughs> Fantastic, that is. Uh, That's my only memory of Wolves, but yeah, they are feisty. No, it they should are, be a yeah, good I mean, game. Listen, going back to Paul Lambert, of course. Um, Paul Lambert had an absolutely abysmal record uh, when he was managing teams in the Premier League playing against us, so that gives me Hilarious, hope. wasn't it? Although he, they did a job on Liverpool, didn't they? Although we'll talk about that later, but that might not have been as hard as it sounds. Um, but I think all in all, we're quite happy. I mean, obviously, we don't get the, the football factory Ute favourite, which was Millwall away. Uh, they'll yeah. be disappointed. I quite fancied Huddersfield. I thought that would have been a giggle. Yeah. Um, Oxford at least, would have at least been we've a got giggle. someone different, though. Not another Premier yeah. League. You know, Lincoln City would have been a giggle. Fulham, Fulham away, because we've missed them, would have been fun. But I think overall, I'm happy with that draw. Is All right. Spurs so can we put. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Can we put the FA Cup to bed in terms of uh, what's going forward and now uh, look at what happened on Saturday? Uh, and I want to start it off really picking up on what Jonathan was saying, which is an excellent point, I thought. So maybe we can combine the two. But um, the thing I would like to say really is that, you know, Conte, it, what's interesting, because of course he did bring in a lot of the squad players, very much almost identical squad uh, a team that, that he selected against Peterborough. Um, but what really impressed me is that, that they all, it looked seamless. They all seemed to buy into his methods, even if they've not been playing regularly. Um and I thought that they really did a very professional job on Brentford. I mean, they dispatched them with 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 relatively little trouble, uh, which is which. Judging by what else goes on around the, the FA Cup, so it, it's not a given these days. If, if Liverpool are getting beaten by Wolves because they put their B team in, Spurs, you know, until they brought Deli Ali on, were in the shit shitter. And I mean, it seems to me that uh, you know a lot of these Premier League teams are now doing this, putting their B team in, as are many others. To be fair. Um, but Chelsea, it seems quite seamless. And, and I was listening to Talk Sport this morning and the point that they were making, which I thought was quite interesting, that only two or three of the big, only two or three of the Premier League teams are capable of bringing in effectively their B team and still playing as well. One of them is us. Uh, they thought Arsenal, you know, had a good squad depth and can do that. Possibly City. Um, but very few of the others, and I thought that was a really interesting point. So, you know, fair play, fair play to Conte for managing it. The other thing I would say is that, of course, you know, he hasn't brought in a complete swathe of B-teamers because you look at that side uh, and, and it's still full of internationals. And I think that Aki and Chaloba uh, and, and, and Ruben Loftus-Cheek did not disgrace themselves. And, 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 and I think that bears or bodes well for the future for us compared to a lot of the other bigger teams who are bringing... I mean, Liverpool brought in all of the air youngsters and they just looked like rubbish, didn't they, JK? Yeah, yeah, very poor, poor performance. I think something else is happening. I think something else is happening with the side. Actually, I think he's uh, he's he's lost his mojo a bit. Klopp, I think um, they, it's just not uh, it's not working. Mind you, Mane will be. It's back just not working for him, Jonathan. It's not. It's not just working for him. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, um, Mane will be back because they were knocked out. Who, who, I can't remember the team. Was it Ghana? They were knocked out. Senegal or Ghana? Senegal. Yeah. So. so um, uh, and he's a very good player, and he might give them some kind of cohesion. But uh, they've been very poor, um, and they've had. Was it? It's the first time he's had three losses since um, uh, he managed Mats, I think it was. Uh, so let's hope it's uh, the first time he's had four losses since he was um, playing um, at school or something like that. 
But um, yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah. quick question. Um, yeah. You know, one one of the thing. I mean, just kind of picks up on what I was saying, really. But you know, I thought we looked a real class apart. You know, and then I kind of thought about it, and then I thought, well, of course we should be. And this is the point, actually, is that you know you should Premier League teams should be able to bring in the remainder of their squad and still look a class apart from some of these teams. So why is it only us that seems to be doing that and the others seem to be struggling? Are we that um, much better? Well, I think William was that much better. And, yeah, uh, good point. Pedro was that much better. So Fabregas. The, Fabregas. Well. Yeah, and Fabregas yeah. was that much better, even though they're not, they're not regulars at the moment, which is, um, which is sort of interesting because William still doesn't get into the, into the final 11, does he? He doesn't quite. He comes on as a as a as a sub, which is great. And he, every time he's come on, he's he's actually lost the. He went through a bad period when he when his his mum died. I think it was, wasn't it? And he he was he was never quite on on top of it. But I now think he's getting back to his best, and it creates a, a selection anomaly, or or does it? I think it works at the moment. Same with Fabregas. If I think I've said this on the show before, if they come on as powerful substitutes, you just go up a gear, and it gives another option. Because um, you see, the, the other example again of Fabregas looking for Batshuayi, and he's really he wasn't on the ball, but we'll get we'll get round to that to try and play the long passes. And um, uh, you know, I I I, I think um, it, as you say, it seems to work. They seem to be very clued in to what's required of them. Um, so he obviously plays the three four three as much as he can. Um, um, and obviously he does. I don't know why I'm saying it sounds as if he's not. He obviously he does that, and so they're all they know exactly what positions to slot into, which really helps. But you are they are um, the fact that uh, that William is on the top of his game and Pedro is playing out of his skin all the time is uh, is a huge benefit because you don't even need Hazard to be there to 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 run rings around them because they're really top class at the moment. Those two boys. So um, mm, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alex, I mean, I know I haven't put your blog up today, and I'm, I, I feel very guilty about that. Disgusted. But I've been a, a, tad, a tad busy. I'm, well, <laughs> basically, I, I was, I felt really, uh, I felt quite ill actually. <laughs> By the time I got home on Saturday, uh, I couldn't finish my kebab, and I didn't manage to. I, well, at least I, I made it off the sofa into bed, which is an achievement. Is that your benchmark of being totally shagged out? Is that you didn't well, finish your kebab? Uh, Okay, I, I shall I shall come clean. I shall come clean. You don't know this, Alex. Many out there already do. But uh, if it's been really good and I've got absolutely battered, then what happens is I I, I quite often wake up at four o'clock in the morning, uh, having completely fallen asleep through the entire match of the day, and I wake up with a kebab stuck to my face on the sofa. Uh, it wasn't that bad. I did make it into bed. I didn't finish the kebab, but I I, I hit the deck put the TV on for match of the day and I, and that was it. I was out like a light. But I didn't actually feel very well all, all day yesterday on Sunday so I couldn't post your blog up then and I've been busy as a busy bee in fact all day today. Uh, so there we go. So I apologise. But one of the great points you did make, you kind of gave a really good uh, summary of, of who did well and who didn't do well. Uh, for my own uh, uh, kind of sake, I thought Aki and Chaloba were really, really impressive. Uh, actually, and I, I think the question that I would ask you is: Do you think that they'll get more game time? Will they have a chance of dislodging Matic or Alonso? Because it seems as though Aki could well, you know, compete for Alonso's position. What, what do you think of that? Uh, very interesting that we all said obviously Aki's come back because Oscar's gone, and he's going to be 
the one that's going to replace him. Um, and then to put him out, and he actually played in two positions that were no position that Oscar ever would have played. He played on the left in Alonso's, and then he slipped back into the back three when Dave went off as well. Well, I just want to say, because everybody has like a big laugh about our lone players and the fact that we've got like 60,000 of them out at different clubs. But you're saying that only two clubs in the whole of that round looked like they can put a whole other team in basically us and Arsenal could put a whole other team in and actually still play football the same way and still look competent doing it and not like be hilarious like Liverpool or Spurs and there were five academy products on the pitch when we started one was McEachran obviously on the other side and one was Terry but the other three out of those Ake and Chalabar and then Moses on the bench have all been out on loan multiple times and have now come back to the club and now doing really well so how hilarious is really our loan policy if it's starting to pay off well, that's a really interesting point. I'm going to move that on. Uh, if, you're, if you've got the script in front of you, don't panic. But I'm going to move to Ruben Loftus-Cheek because, you know, whilst on the one hand, Tony, I, I thought actually he'd played pretty well. And I mean, you know, he hit the bar, cup, you know, one other, one scorching shot. And I loved his runs. I love seeing him run with the ball. And I thought his movement was a lot better. I just think all around it was a better performance. But a lot of the talk was, well, how much is he improving? And will he get the chance to improve? Would it not be better for him to go out on loan, although Conte seems to be very against that, Tony. Good. I'm glad he's against it. Um, frankly, you know, well, it worked in Victor Moses' um, uh, uh, you know, favour. Um, I'm a little bit anti-loan myself, actually. I think start giving these players... I mean, Rubens Loftus-Cheek came with a pretty hefty reputation through the youth team, and he was the one that everyone had marked out as going to be the one. You know, people were crying out for him to get a game... Um, especially during last season um, when we were basically shit. Um, and, uh, and you know, it was never quite lived up to it. No one quite knows what position he's going to play in. And, you know, you, you know as well as I do, you get Clayton on this one and it's, you know, he's being played in the wrong position because no one knows where it is. And I, I actually think he started to look better with every game he's getting a go at. OK, um, and we expect these players to come through the ranks and, and play in the academy, do nine minutes in the, the old premiership game where we might be winning 5-0 or play, you know, some uh, lower league team in the FA Cup. And then we judge them on it. I, I just don't get it. I think, you know, Conti seems to have been the first coach and I, I, actually the first one I can remember because Ancelotti was an absolute knobhead with young players as well. Um, <laughs> no, he no, wasn't. I he was. No, no, no. No, no, hold on. no, no, Josh, no, no, Josh no, no. gave him he a game wasn't. against... He was. He, he, what what no, young players came through with him? It was his undoing. It was entirely his undoing. It's why he nah, got... I, I disagree. He played McEachran. McEachran didn't really put very much of a foot wrong. And in that game against FC Cluj, the, the Romanian team or whatever, he played a pretty good game and we never saw him again. Kakuta came on, lit the place up for 25 minutes against Wolves, I think, actually, thinking about it. Um, and we never saw him again. And I think the pressure was on him to do it, but he never did it. Conti seems to be far more clever. I don't think we've ever had a manager since Mourinho in his first, well, even before that, that gave these youth team players. And it's, it's there. John Terry's the only one that's come through. I don't want Rubens Loftus-Cheek to go on loan. I want him to fight for his place. I want him to look at Branislav Ivanovic's blood-stained boot and think, that's where I'm going to be. That's what I want. All right, Tony, 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 all right, all right. Yeah. Just a quick interjection. Sorry, sorry, Jonathan, I'll, I'll let you in a sec. Yeah. Okay. If, I agree with all of that, and I, and I think he is improving. But what I'm saying is, is that his rate of improvement is going to be really slow if the only games he gets to play in are the FA Cup matches. And the corollary of that is, is 
Therefore, Conte possibly doesn't trust him enough to play him in Premier League matches because he's not coming in as a, as a sub, whereas Chiloba quite often is. I'll go back to the point I was making. The Premier League is absolutely different gravy and you can't just, you know, uh, chuck these players in. I don't think you're going to see a, a youngster like Rooney. I'm, you, you might see it with Tom Davis at, um, at Everton, but there are so few of them that come through that actually make that impact from the start. And in the background, the lower teams, the teams that aren't challenging for the Premiership, are blooding these players. We don't see them, we don't hear about them, and then a bigger club comes in and buys them. Okay, and we, uh, we we we're living in a, a kind of uh, a culture of fear about giving these youngsters a little bit more of a go. And I think it's a delicate. I'm not arguing with what you said, Chidge. I'm saying it's a delicate balancing act. I don't think he'll gain anything. I think if he goes on loan, it'll be another Josh McEachern. And it, just, it'll be, you know, that's just my let, view. Let me just say though that he's hamstrung by his position, Loftus Cheek. It's easier for Chalaba to get a look in further back and it's easier for Aki to get a look in as an alternative to Alonso. Look at who Loftus-Cheek has got to get past to get a look in. Exactly. Yeah. Hazard. Hazard, Pedro, Willian. Tough, isn't it? As as a consequence, he has to go out on loan because he just Mm. will not be given an opportunity to play. It's an unfortunate season as well because there were no European games and because we yeah. didn't get very far in the League Cup as well. It's so limited, the opportunities for him this season. Yeah, I agree. Jonathan? Um, no, I, I agree completely with what, with what you just mm. the, the latter statement. I, but but I, I, I still feel, I still feel <coughs> that he has a long way to go. Yeah. Despite him getting him closer to improving. Remember, we were playing Brentford and he... He he seems he loses energy a lot. He doesn't track back. He I I don't quite get it. I don't he he'll do something very good, which we saw a match of the day, and and then Trevor Sinclair said what a great player he was. And you think yeah, but what you didn't see were the bits where he lost the ball and then didn't actually run back after the player, or he he ran into a position and staggered around a bit. And you think you're you're losing focus. He loses focus a lot for me. And I I honestly don't think that hanging around the club not playing will do him any good at all. And the I think difference. It, should, it should be the opportunity, like Ake, is mm. you go out and play for somebody, preferably in the Premier League, play out of your skin, and then you go, oh, right, you've got really good, you're back in the team again, which is the they difference. attempted to do with Bamford, and it didn't work with Bamford. Bamford the difference is that um, Ake and Chalabar, they come into the side now, and you think, yeah, I'd have them in a Premier League game. Yes. They look totally yes. comfortable, and they've yes. been out on loan. Loftus-Cheek hasn't been out on loan and I don't feel the same way about him. I don't feel like, oh no, Hazard's tired, he's got a bit of a hamstring problem. We'll play Loftus-Cheek today. It's not going to be anywhere near the same. Mm. It's not that same. Well, this, is, this, is ba- this, is, this, this is basically my point and that's why I kind of err on the side of Jonathan on this one. You know, he, he, he is improving, but his rate of improvement is being retarded by the lack of opportunities he's getting. And I just think that he would, he would improve all these things that we've criticised him for you know, not having enough energy, maybe not being as physical as he could be, you know, not tracking back, not having positional discipline would improve if he was playing week in, week out at a decent level. But there we go. I'm going to move this on because we've got very little time to talk about a lot. Uh, and the first one is, I mean, talking of people going out on loan, a lot, have been, a lot has been talked about Batshuayi. Um, uh, to be honest, for me, I, I'll just give you my summary. This is like the te- this teacher's report. You know, this is a good idea for a segment, Jonathan, isn't it? We should have a teacher's report every week. You should see some of my school reports. They would they would make your hair fall out. I could there you the, go. Uh, yeah, anyway, the co- teacher's right, reports, couldn't I? Co- I could say you what? 
we're all going Norman Collier here, JK. Do you want to say that again? <laughs> I said I could I could play the teacher. I could say right. You now could you could do for teacher's report, and we could have. Wacko. You could do that very well, Jonathan. You could do it very well. Anyway, my report on on Batshuayi, it just he just looks like his confidence is absolutely shot. Uh, he doesn't seem up to it physically or positionally still. I mean, I thought his runs were were, were terrible, bless him. Uh, what I did think was really interesting was that it was a great team celebration after Costa actually gave in the ball to score a goal. Yes. And they all ran over to him. So and I, I love the team spirit angle of that. But the questions I've got, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you with this first, JK. Um, is he really a number nine? I'm not convinced that he is. I think he, 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 he can play off a number nine perhaps better. But the other thing that really worries me is that, you know, it occurs to me we do need a better backup to Costa because, you know, oh, this is beginning well, to look like a vul- this is beginning to look like a vulnerability. I mean, I know we can play, you know, um, the three, the three, the three Stooges the three, up front if we wanted to, you know. But you know, if if something happens to Costa, suspension or injury, if our only backup is that or Batshuayi, I mean, I, I would I'm kind of beginning to think we need somebody who can do the job, and I don't think he can at the moment. But on the other hand, do you really want to loan a player out who's cost you 30 million quid? Seems a bit of a bonkers thing to have to do, doesn't it? I don't know where this loan thing came from. Is that is that a rumour at the moment? He's going to be fake news, up? fake news. <laughs> you know it, it happened about a month ago. That story appeared. And I yeah. thought that, that doesn't make any sense. I think they're striving to try and make him into the player that he clearly was when he played for Belgium. Because he seemed to be yeah. really on the case when he yeah. played for Belgium. Um, by the way, just to, to remind you, of course, that um, the other player who everybody um, surrounded with glee when he scored a goal was Kesman, who um, was then on his bike. <laughs> on, on his bike pretty soon after that, the following season. Um, but uh, no, he, 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 he's so lacking in everything at the moment. It's just, uh, as you say, positionally, he, there was, as I said, there was a wonderful moment where Fabregas looked up to play the ball uh, to, to, to obviously he believed Batshuayi would be in advance um, to run after it, and uh, Batshuayi was lolloping along beside him, and uh, and he had to stop and turn, pass the ball back to uh, to uh, Cahill. Um, he's uh, and the few shots he has, he's snatching at it, and uh, um, I just thought it was a bit telling that he was he was in the pocket of the Brentford centre half, who uh, um, is no great shakes. So uh, it was a very poor performance, um, and I, I I don't know what the answer is. Perhaps you try and subtly offload him but you really do need another player you really need a player of of uh, of uh, not 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 equal skill to Costa because you'd have to pay a huge amount of money but somebody who's going to at least at least if Costa gets suspended or injured do you come in and go yep we've got confidence in him he's going to score a few goals or he'll set people up at the moment I just think it's uh, that's why obviously he picks William Hazard and uh, uh, um, play instead of him because he's good point JK really good point Tony, what do you think about me? Am I being a bit ranty here, or have I got a point? I'm, I'm still in the camp of people who think, um, you know, trust Conte. His job is not to just pick tactics in a team; it's to develop players, um, and it's to you know turn them into you know um, potentials into you know shit. He's got to be on a team sheet every week, and he seems to have done. That you know, just, just we'll just look at Pedro, who was basically shit last season, but not quite as shit as Quadrado. Um, and, and you know, look at him this season. He's he's actually you can see he scored his goal on um, against Brentford. He was smiling and laughing. The bloke's taking real joy in the game. And I think that's a measure of the coach. He, he may have a bit more work to do with Batshuayi. 
I think thirty million pound tag is a little bit. I don't know how relevant it is these days when when players are sold for you know frankly ludicrous amounts of money based on nothing more. They're like internet startup companies. Yeah, we'll give you five hundred billion for that. It's you the know. thing with that is it's give thirty billion for him, not because he's worth it now, but because you don't want anyone else to have him because he'll be good one day. Precisely, precisely. And I just think that it, you know the guy needs time. He's a young lad. Uh, and 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 I've got faith in Conti to to turn him into something special. I, I I also concur with the view that we do need something else, but not Laurenti. I'm not convinced that that would be the right. Well, you know what? I, I think I think that's a really I think that's a really good point actually. And and I, I'm getting a bit of a I wouldn't say I'm getting a bit of a coating personally, but I think people have got the wrong end of the stick. I would like nothing more than to see Batch UI succeed. But I just think that the, I mean it's a it's, I think it's a thing that's fairly unique to strikers in a way. When they lose their mojo, they don't half lose it. And he really looks like a player who's lost it. But I, I, I really like what you're saying, Tony, actually. And, I, and, you know, I've seen a lot of football managers in my time. And I think that Conte, in particular, is certainly the kind of uh, manager who can improve a player, can make them a better player. And I, you're right, he's done it with Pedro at Chelsea. And, and, Alonso. and I'm sure he could... And Alonso. Well, yes, I'm sure yeah. he can... Yeah, I'm sure he can do it with with Batshuayi, but I'm just pointing out the the salient point, which is that we oh. are challenging for the title this year, and I just think that having a, a a player so markedly out of form as our only backup to to the most one of the most important positions of the team leaves us vulnerable. That's the only point I'm making. That, and I agree. I, I absolutely you, very, agree. Very, very Tony, very very quickly before I let you come back in, there's a really yep. good uh, post by Obertizel on Mixler which says, I think we're being overly critical. He's kind of agreeing with you, mate, actually. There was a time when our top striker was Torres. Let that sink in. Actually, I think Torres was decent for us, so that's another argument. He's an out-and-out striker. He just has to adapt to how Chelsea plays. His goals return for time played is impressive. Let's not all get sulky because he's not Diego Costa, which I think in itself is a good point, Tony. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think uh, I, I, I'm surprised that people are being kind of that impatient when they've been far more patient with the likes of Loftus-Cheek or whatever. Uh, and I, I just think the young lad's got a future. And, and it goes back to this thing. Conti, you know, David Luiz came in. People were coating him off from the minute. You know, some Chelsea fans, he's a fucking mistake. He, he's got an error in him. He's a red card waiting to happen. Neither. OK, so have some faith in the coach. He seems to relish taking players and confounding critics, including us fans, by saying, this is what this boy can do. And I just think... I just I disagreed with J.K. last time when he had his his his, um, his heated debate with Clayton, and I'm disagreeing with him again. I think on this one in a nice way though, J.K. Thank you. Tony. I'm sorry. I've got to come in. I got. I th- look. I agree with with some of what you say, Obertiesel. I really, really do. And I'm not coating him off unnecessarily. I'm just making a point, which is that it leaves us vulnerable. I think when our only backup striker, De Costa, is out of form. And and I'm sorry, Torres was not shit. If you look at what Torres did over the long term, he did all right for us. Okay, he didn't play like he did for Liverpool. But what he did for Liverpool was astonishing. But I'm not having it that Torres is shit. Um, Alex, is Torres shit for you? No, not at all. Was was it Harry Redknapp's quote about um, just for winning the corner? uh, Yes. Amsterdam and winning the whatever at Munich or whatever yes. the, some shit that Harry Redknapp said was actually made sense for once but he said I'd pay 50 million just for that but can I just say about Batshuayi because I had a big old yes, rant please. about him in my blog and it wasn't a rant that he shit it was a disappointment that 
he doesn't get a good enough return on his hard work because he faffs a lot. And also he is wet. I said he had the fighting spirit of a Frenchman who's facing invasion and has run out of smelly cheese. And I, I want to see him get angry. I want to see him fight for a ball. It took me yeah. and Sam, my friend, my little football brother, Sam, sat and watched that game. And it was 89 minutes and 56 before he went in against a Brentford player like he actually wanted the ball more than him. And he fouled the guy. Brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, we've got to wrap up because uh, we run over, of course, as we do. And I, I, just a final one, because I'm loving over teaser. I, I have to say, we haven't had a good ding dong like this for a while on the show. Not just us three, but on Mixer at the same time. Anyway, over, I leave the final word to Oberteasel. He says, lol, uh, or laugh out loud. I hear you, Chidge. Torres got three whole seasons. How many games has Batman started? Though? Now, that's a fair point. You know, and and it is, it is he is he is young. He's not you know he hasn't come with the reputation that Torres did as a fantastic striker, and he probably does need time. But I'll still stick by my point that it is a weakness that we have in the squad at the moment, and it just worries me a little bit. Now uh, after the break, actually no, before we go to the break, I should remind you all, you lovely people, and I have to say, um, I, I met a few people in the pub this weekend, all of whom were so, so uh, you know, fulsome in their praise of the show that I do with Kerry Dixon. Uh, every Thursday so thank you so much for that I shall I shall pass your words on to the great man and at the same time give it a quick plug because of course I'll be recording the Kerry Dixon show this week uh, it'll be available sometime <laughs> Thursday afternoon make sure you download it via Acast iTunes and SoundCloud and other other good podcast catches are available uh, and uh, obviously Kerry and I'll be looking back at the Liverpool game hopefully in celebration and looking forward to the Arsenal game on Saturday a very big week for Chelsea and while we're on the subject, uh, he's got a documentary coming out on DVD, and there's a special screening for it on uh, Friday, the March the third, uh, in a very swanky uh, Soho hotel. I do believe that that's sold out, uh, and it looks like a cracker because you've got JT there, loads of other ex-Chelsea legends as well. Three-course dinner, very very swanky, 150 quid per person. But I do believe that they're planning another date. So if you're interested in signing up for the next one, uh, it's midnightproductions.co.uk forward slash Footy Legends 100. Uh, and of course, Chris, who's the uh, producer and director of said documentary, has promised to let me have a couple of signed DVDs, uh, which we can bung in a competition for you and you can win them. So that's lovely. And of course, don't forget to buy Kerry's book, 15 quid on Amazon. Arry up. Uh, anyway, after the break, we're going to look ahead to what will possibly be a season defining week for Chelsea with Liverpool coming up on Tuesday night. <laughs> followed by Arsenal on Saturday. And uh, we'll also uh, have a look back at the implications of the CPO AGM held last Friday and what the passing of Resolution 9 means. We'll be back in a second. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. 
Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and of course this is the Chelsea Fancast, we're now in part three, I've got the wonderful uh, Jonathan Kidd with me, who's on fire tonight as always, Uh, I've got uh, honestly the terrible, the enfant terrible of the uh, Chelsea Fancast, I'm sure actually Tony, Tony, because of course Tony as you know is the supremo of the wonderful podding shed. And I think he, what he does, you see, he comes on here and he swears so much in the hope that we'll get taken off air. Am I right, Tony? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm plotting. I'm plotting away Plan B. Do you know we did a? We, we did, call it the plotting shed. We did. We did a potting shed last week, and Johnny Dyer came <laughs> back on, and Clayton was on, and it was fantastic fun. It really did. Uh, it really was kickstarting me, and I love doing this sort of stuff because it's, mm. you know, it's a game of opinions. And <laughs> I, I, I actually did swear last week. I didn't have quite the Tourette's moment I've had this week, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. We love you. We love you and your Tourette's. Uh, but we don't. We, we love you and your Tourette's, but not quite as much as we love Alex. Alex, Yay. lovely to have you on the show again. Yeah, the most pop- yeah, she is. She's you know, if we if we were to do a vote now uh, on, on Twitter or something, Alex would double my vote by a long chalk. And the only reason I'd get any is because they know who I am. So you know, uh, love, <laughs> I can't love, tell love you though it- to get those kind of voting figures. I can't tell you how many people I've had to sleep with. <laughs> okay, that's uh, more information than we needed. I don't know how we missed that one, but there you go. Uh, right, let's get back on with the show. Uh, of course, we've got our lovely people from Mixler in here who've been been uh, on fire as well tonight. She's, I'm loving it tonight. I'm feeling really quite pumped up now anyway. And that's good because I need to be pumped up because, you know, we've got Liverpool tomorrow. And, uh, you know, obviously, it's, it's a really good article kicking around, actually, which I, I looked at before we went on air um, by Tony uh, Barrett, I think, who... who, who wrote it for some website about the the rivalry between Liverpool and Chelsea and how you know since Roman's turned up the tables have absolutely turned and our success he was kind of arguing has been predominantly at Liverpool's expense which kind of uh, would go some way to explaining their hysteria when it comes to us much as I love it. Um, anyway, very quickly, let's get into this. Uh, my 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 opening gambit uh, for for the game tomorrow uh, Liverpool, obviously, they're in absolutely shocking form at the moment. Um, and I just wonder how much their confidence will be shot. Or, uh, you know, is there a danger that we might hit them on the rebound and that they'll be so up for this knowing what's at stake? Because effectively, if we win this and against Arsenal on Saturday, 
there's a very strong case for saying that we're we're nine tenths there for winning the title, and we certainly would help in knocking a bit of Liverpool and Arsenal out. And I know it's early to say that, but you know what I mean. The other thing, of course, is that one of Liverpool's big problems at the moment is that they can't hit the back of the net. Uh, but that is because, of course, they've missed their their probably their best player of the season, which is Mane. Now Mane is going to be back from the Africans Cup, I believe, for tomorrow. Um, but of course, he missed a crucial penalty, which meant that whoever he plays for—I forget what country he plays for—but it meant that they went out in the penalty shootout. So I wonder, wonder what his mental state will be. Um, Jonathan, I'm going to fire this one at you first. Will Mane be shot or Liverpool shot? Um, they always have—they're uh, um, always very capable at raising their game when they play us. So I think Big we teams, have you to. Um, <laughs> 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 I, I think they have to. Uh, um, I think we have to score early or just be very compact and then just do lots of breaks. Compact, compact in a raffle way. No, I didn't say that really. Who? his name. I know, sorry, it's Tourette's. Shouldn't have said his name. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, the way things are, we should win easily because uh, they've been very poor. Um, poor. But, poor. But... Uh, uh, you never can tell with them because I'd say the fans are so up for it and all it needs is for one of the players to be intimidated. Not that they will be. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I, uh, I'm doing that usual Chelsea pendulum thing. I'm swinging between, yes, of course we'll win too. No, we're going to shrivel up and lose horribly and it'll all be terribly upsetting. But that's um, that's when uh, I'm reading, talking about my, my dad's book. Um, he, he talked about going to watch Chelsea when they were called the... Uh, um, uh, the ridiculous unpredictables, and it was almost a trademark. And it, you, you know, you play wonderfully, and then just come completely unstuck. Um, so I, I always am slightly tinged with my dad's view of the team that uh, will do wonderfully and then fall apart. Even when we do wonderfully, full stop. I just always think something will happen horrible. So um, um, yeah, we should win easily tomorrow or on the way they've been playing. But um, okay, uh, you say they normally get they normally they go up a notch just because they're playing us. So, mm, well, that is the worry, isn't it? But I mean, Tony, you know, uh, Jonathan made a really good point there, and I, I think that they—I mean, for God's sake—if they can't get up for trying to, you know, knock us, you know, give us a blow, then what is going on? Um, but I mean, you know, will, will the will the famous cop be sucking the ball in? You know, like they do. I think or what uh, you know, mate. I'm one of life's kind of natural pessimist when it comes to us. Oh, um, dear. not another one. Well, you know, I, I just think <laughs> I think if you're over a certain age. Uh, and you go back as you know to, to 1970, like I do with you know dismal years of failure and 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 you know never having even got close to anything. Um, I, th- I think ever since um, the slip, the infamous slip, they've revelled in sticking a knife into us. So they beat us at home last year. They beat us at home this year. Uh, I think this year they were slightly more fortunate um, because Jordan Henderson would never do another like one like that again, as far as as long as he lives, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I, and I think they will be. I, I, I have some pleasant news in that Sardo Mane is, is actually a, uh, a bit of a doubt because um, he's only flying back into the UK tonight. They've got uh, a jet out to get him, haven't they? They did, but it was delayed because of oh, some paperwork sure. issues. <laughs> because so, the pilot was a Chelsea fan. So I think I think I just wonder whether there was a, a kind of a, a, a shady looking character at the airport with a Russian accent, heavily giving it the old his papers are missing or whatever. I can't do it. JK would have done a much better Russian his accent. His papers but, are missing. His papers are missing. Yeah, exactly. His papers are missing. <laughs> exactly. So I think I, I think that's a good one because he uh, uh, um certainly 
tore us to bits, I think, a little bit earlier in the season. And he's a good player. He's one of those I think we could have probably benefited from going in for. Um, so I think they will be up for it. I think they just for the fact that even if, as we suspect, they are completely out of touch and, and not going to win the league, they nothing would give them more joy um, other than possibly beating Manchester United to do the same thing than stopping us in our tracks. Um, so you know, I'm, 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 I would take a right nil-nil, boring score draw. Fact, the fact is, I'd probably do it against both teams, them and Arsenal, because it keeps them at the same distance as us. Okay, I think that's interesting. I really, really do. Um, Alex, I mean, I, I tell you what I think. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not feeling that pessimistic. I think we're a better team than them. Period. And I think they're in shocking form, and we're in super form. But I tell you what else uh, gives me confidence. Um, you know, I, I think that one of their problems, which Klopp, Clippity Klopp, has not solved at all, uh, is the fact that they've still got a completely shocking goalkeeper, whichever way they look, uh, <laughs> and their defence is pretty leaky. I mean, for Christ's sake, they've got James Milner playing at right back. Uh, and on the other hand, uh, you know, because they, I mean, you know, what, what, I've, got, I've got to bring this in. You know, I think that they've also run out of a lot of steam thanks to Jurgen Klopp's heavy metal football, where they go bombing around like lunatics. Uh, and number one, I think that they're actually looking a bit tired. But the other thing, of course, is that this is Liverpool at home against us. They're going to be they're going to have their dander up. So they're going to come and attack us, which I think means that they're going to leave a lot of space for us to exploit in the counterattack. And of course, we've got hot Costa and Hazard. So I'm I'm feeling fairly, fairly buoyant about this, Alex. Am I being a fool or what? No, I think it's up to them, because if we come away with one point, we'll be like done because they've got to beat us. And like you say, that leaves them open at the back. And I'm I'm giving it all that, oh, if we come away with a point, it would be great. But really, if we don't go up there and beat those Nivier-wearing, top-knot, shit top-knot-wearing dicks, then I'll be really angry on the way home. Uh, <laughs> mm, so are you feeling confident? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, uh, I'm with you. Good. Good. That's what I like to hear. Coutinho's um, okay. not back properly from his injury. Mane will be jet lagged. Milner's at right back. Put Moreno on. I'd love to play against him. Both their keepers are shit. If we can't beat them, then we don't deserve the title. And I mean, I think the other thing is, is that, you know, if this was Mourinho, you know, we, we probably could all say we know that uh, basically... Uh, you know he's gonna go and and part the bus, and he's not gonna he's not gonna lose. We'd know we'd come away without getting beaten. But I I don't think Conte's like that. I I, I think you know he he's well aware if we pick up three points here uh, against Liverpool tomorrow night, and we pick up another three points against Arsenal, the the gap between us all is is going to be huge. Don't forget uh, as no well fault. the fact that we come from behind as well with Conte. It doesn't matter if they score first. It's proved. That's what I've always thought about Conte. He likes coming from behind. That's what I like to hear. Oh, I wish. Um, anyway, <laughs> moving swiftly on, uh, uh, I thought for reasons of taste and decency and decorum. Tony, who do you think is going to be key for us? I mean, I, I would have it as Costa, Hazard and Canter. I think if those three turn up, we'll win. Yes. Um, I, I, I also think, because it's interesting that uh, it was Cahill and Louise were arrested, weren't they, for uh, for. Saturday's game, I keep thinking it was bleeding Sunday, but of course it wasn't for Saturday's game. Um, and I think you've got that spine. I think we've discussed it before. You, you've, we seem to have a really good partnership with Cahill and Louise. Um, 
with with Louise constantly kind of still chivies Cahill into the position where he thinks he he thinks he should be, which is a very interesting relationship. Bearing in mind that the captaincy is the other way round, and Cahill's the captain or whatever. Um, but you know, with 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 Kante in the team um, and Costa and Hazard, uh, provided Costa doesn't, you know. That that wasn't a sort of a a one off against you know Hull, um, and he really is still one hundred percent with us. They're going to struggle, I think, to to keep him at bay because he's you know I think he he I'm hoping I really am hoping I can't remember the team we put out against Liverpool, where, but I want our players burning. They were we were unjust you know I think we'd another ten minutes that second half at Stamford Bridge we would definitely got one back I think because we were so uh, so all over them in the second half, you know, maybe the last five minutes um, we had run out of steam. And I, I, I think Conti, as in Antonio, my mate Tone, I think he, I think he, I think he probably looked at that game and thought we got caught with our pants down a bit there. Um, and then obviously against Arsenal, that kind of proved that point. Um, so yeah, I want our players burning with the revenge and, and, and forget Gerard slipping all that old bollocks in there, the cop sucking it in or whatever and that get in there you know an early I mean, goal would 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 be brilliant but i think we I, I you know in my heart i want us to do that in my head i, I still think we're going to eke a draw out but in you know answer what? to amazed, um, I'm, I'm person though mark clattenberg someone was asking who the referee is which actually yeah. as much as it pains me to say is quite good because that's true he's that's at true. least mutually right. shit to everybody <laughs> I'm amazed that nobody... Well, that's true. But, I mean, actually, I think in, in, in a lot of the games that we've played, he's not quite been as bad as... as no. I, I, I was ticked off by this on Twitter because I immediately, when I heard that, I went, oh, yeah. my God. And people saying, actually, do you know what? His record with us is not as bad as you think. Um, one thing's just occurred to me, actually, why nobody's ever called them cop suckers. <laughs> oh, can we get that hashtag going tomorrow? Cop suckers. Yeah, yeah I think we should, Alex. Get, a, get, get, the, hash, go, get the hashtag the, going um, now, people. Instead Cop of the aeroplane with Klopp out that they're going to get, should we get a Klopp suckers aeroplane to go around over Anfield instead? No, I think Cop suckers is better because that's, yeah. you know, they're always famous for sucking the ball in, but I think nobody's <laughs> ever turned it around. Hashtag <laughs> Cop suckers, you know where you heard it first. Um, okay, a very quick prediction, JK. What are you going to go for? 3 0. 3 0? Us, obviously. Of course. Yeah, okay. Wouldn't it be great to have Branner coming on playing his last ever game for Chelsea and scoring two so that Barnett can go around saying, Two goal, Branner Ivanovic! Forever and a day more. I'd like that. Tony, what are you going to go for, mate? Uh, I'm going to say that we'll scrape a 1 0. Mm. Okay, Alex? 4 0 Chelsea. If an early one goes in, if not, I agree with Tony 1 0. Okay, well, I'm going to go three-one, which is kind of somehow splitting the difference. Uh, now, uh, talking, talking of uh, talking of victories. I mean, I don't know really if this is this qualifies as a victory, but um, I'd quite I'd like to spend the next kind of five to ten minutes talking about uh, the CPO AGM, uh, not least because my good friend Jonathan Kidd uh, said we need to talk about this chidge, and I couldn't agree more with him. Um, now, I was lucky enough to be there, and uh, those of you who are listening to last week's show will know. Uh, that uh, apart from obviously being important because it's the AGM and you know you vote the board back in and all this kind of razzmatazz, there was a very special resolution, which was Resolution 9, which basically, uh, if passed, would give the CPO board uh, 
you know, the not per, well, the permission, I suppose, for want of a better word, but it would enable them to go and negotiate with the club and to be able to, if they felt it was appropriate, offer the club an extension to the lease, uh, which is currently 180 years. So basically, the CPO owned the pitch, as you all know, uh, and they've le- uh, leased it to uh, Chelsea for 180 years. Now, the what they were saying is that if, if we pass that resolution then we'd be able to go to the club and offer them an extension to the lease. And the thinking behind that was that if you offer an extension to the lease, perhaps up to the maximum of 999 years, in legal terms, that pretty much means that the club would, for all intents and purposes, own uh, the pitch because you've you've basically said you can have it forever. Um, But of course, it would obviate the need for Roman Abramovich, Mr Abramovich and the club, to to buy uh, the freehold, uh, i.e. the pitch, uh, which is, of course, what they tried to do in 2011, which caused a lot of eruptions amongst Chelsea supporters. Anyway, cutting a very long story short, uh, I can tell you that Resolution 9 was passed by 84%. Um, but interestingly, I think it has given rise to a few questions. Um, you know, they shouldn't. the club shouldn't need to try and buy out the freehold, as I said, as a result. And in some respects, I think this has been quite a, a conciliatory... Uh, uh, move by CPO because uh, you know there are there are things that they need to sign off which I'll talk about in a minute but it's quite a conciliatory move if they do go and offer them an extension to the lease but um, you know what what nags away at me is what is there to st- if the club want to try and buy that freehold again what is to stop them they, they still can um, the other kind of turning around that argument of course is that the CPO have a bit of bargaining power with the club at the moment because there are three very important things that have to happen in terms of the redevelopment, one is that they have to co-sign as the uh, as the landlords effectively uh, something called Section 106, uh, and Section Section 106, which is easy for me to say, <laughs> is uh, is the agreements between the club and Hammersmith and Fulham. Hey, decorum, please, in the ranks. I know it was funny, but it wasn't that fucking funny. Anyway. Uh, it basically uh, means that the club and Chelsea pitch owners as the landlords have to co-sign Section 106, which is the agreement between them and the council as to how much they have to pay, uh, if, if you like, in reparations to the local community. The other thing they have to sign off on is to allow Chelsea Football Club to carry on being called Chelsea when they're playing away from Stamford Bridge at the proposed uh, temporary stadium, whatever that may be, probably Wembley. And finally, of course, they have to sign off on the redevelopment. So, you know, whilst CPO have some bargaining power, clearly what they don't want is to be seen to be the obstacle to something that we all want, including all the CPO shareholders, which is to see Stanford Bridge redevelop. So I think hence this uh, conciliatory offer. The only thing that really came out of this for me, of course, was that um, there will be some shareholders, I suspect, who might be a bit knocked about uh, the CPO offering a, a, an extension to 999 years because what that basically does it renders their their shares worthless because you know who are they going to sell them to the club would have no need to buy them so they wouldn't be able to sell their shares so basically for anybody who bought cpa shares for a profit to make a profit they will no longer be able to do so so the key is i wonder how many cpo shareholders bought their shares really to make a profit Uh. my gut feel is and i hope not many because ultimately if you bought a cpo share you did it because you love chelsea and you want to see them playing uh, stamford bridge forever and ever and ever and ever amen so that's kind of my little summary of what went on uh jonathan's a cpo shareholder um i presume you've had had the chance to kind of read up on it and found out what what went on now jonathan yes yeah my my worry chidge was that um uh 
if the club were to say, if the club were to refuse any involvement with the uh, the freehold with this section nine resolution nine that went through and just said, I'm sorry, the only way we'll deal with this is if we have the freehold. Um, uh, would they be able to get the the CPO holders to pass another resolution? You know, could they say? And, and would because you wonder why there were so few people at the the meeting, considering there were um, a large number of shareholders did indeed buy sharehold shares in order to gain a profit for them when the club when the ground would be sold. Um, so I was a bit confused by the the only several hundred people turned up because I thought there would be. And several thousands more, or perhaps the club can insist that a resolution is put to the CPO saying, um, would you like to sell the freehold um, to the club? If not, the club, well, that... will, the club will not redevelop the ground, which you wonder yeah. whether the club will start playing hardball. You, you really don't know what the state of uh, play is within we the don't, club. We don't. No, you're right. I mean, we, we don't we don't at all. And we can't predict what will happen. Um, you know, I think the hope is that by in a sense, it's kind of offering an olive branch. And, and I think I think the CPO are basically saying, look, we want to work with you. You know, we're right behind what you want to do. We think it's fantastic. Uh, and therefore, you know, by, by extending the lease that long, it should reduce any impediment to them to build the stadium. You know, you wonder whether uh, what I can't. Well, I can, well, hang on a minute. I, what I can't what I can't foresee is if there are any investment issues uh, that would require uh, Mr. Abramovich to own the freehold. We can't, I don't know. You know, I just simply don't know, and I don't think the CPO do, do either. But I think it's hoped that by offering that as an olive branch, it might, uh, you know, obviate the, their need to, 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 you know, come after the freehold. But you wonder whether, in fact, whether anybody in the CPO has actually been in contact with the club and said, would you be happy with this before this, the resolution was put forward? Once again, we don't know. It would be. It, it might might have been possible. They'd have said, "Listen, would you be happy with this resolution going through of a 999 year lease before, in fact, um, it, it was it was set up? It might well, be I, I, go yeah. through as a, as a fait accompli. We don't know. No, we don't. I mean, you know, I, I don't know at all, to be honest, mate. And I, they kind of alluded to it a little bit in the meeting, but I, I mean, you know, the bottom line is they do talk to the club. You know, they are engaged in dialogue, and it and it's and it's usually quite. Uh, constructive. I mean, one thing I would say about the, from what I've gleaned from others who have been to far more of the, the board meetings than me or the AGMs than me is that uh, the, the directors on the CPO board seem to be, you know, you know, really have their act together. Um, there's a lot of uh, business and legal uh, brains on, on the board and they, you know, they're engaged with the club and in, in quite constructive and friendly dialogue. I don't think there's a there's a big cavern between them these days. And, I, I you know, clearly there was in 2011. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, there are there are lots of things that we don't know. But I, I, you know, in a sense, I think it looks promising. But obviously, we have to wait and see. I mean, Tony, have you got a view on this? Uh, well, I'm with you on the carpet bagging thing. I would like to think that nobody went and bought one to make yeah, any money out of it. And and if you read the website, it's very clear that you weren't going to. Okay. Um, would a Bramvich come in and decide to give you two hundred pound for every? share you've got that you know for every one share it, it, it's possible but he doesn't need to now and you know the whole thing behind the stadium but that everything they did with this latest offering or this latest proposal has been has taken the fans in pretty much all the way along that journey and the local authorities and the local residents you know as, as an exercise in corporate stakeholder management it's been nothing short of exemplary okay um and that makes me think that actually 
in this particular case, Roman's not there to make any money. That he would actually see that. I would think uh, the nine hundred ninety-nine year lease extension is effective, almost a gift. It's almost saying, look, you know, yeah. you've done so much for the club. I think he would be quite touched by that, uh, as even as a businessman, as touched as they can be, I suppose. Um, but I think he would see that as a real repayment um, from everybody in our faith in his stewardship through all the ups and downs mm. forget that you know this is a, a, a big deal this is going to give us by far the most attractive state stadium in london if not europe you know i mean it is going to be a staggering piece of architecture um uh, it's going to you know it cements your place in with the, the really big boys if you like uh you know the spanish teams and the you know sort of buying munich and that sort of stuff um and i i so i you know i'm i think it's a great offer i i'm failing to see at any point um, I've never run my own business, but I work in a very large business. Why that would be a bad thing for them to go, wow, what a great idea. Thanks. Yeah, we'll do that. I, I, I think it's a terrific um, uh, initiative. Mm, well, let's hope so. I'm encouraged personally, but we'll we'll see as, as we said. Uh, Alex, do you want to wrap up on this? Uh, do you know what? I'll leave that with you. I'm going to plead book deadline. It's completely passed me by all of this. So, okay. <laughs> Ask me anything you, you, you want you... about the Battle of Passchendaele, but no. Okay. Well, I will in a minute, but I mean, are you a shareholder? <laughs> I'm not, no. Get your bloody arse into gear and get one. You know, you can do it. I mean, actually, that's a good point, actually. And as a wonderful segue. Thank you, Alex. That was brilliantly done. Um, of course, because I plug this on. I plug this on the show every week. Uh, and it, 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 it is, it's, as, it's as relevant now as it ever used to be. And, uh, you know, obviously, if you want to, you know, effectively, what it means is you own a little bit of Chelsea. I mean, how, how, how cool is that? Uh, but at the same time, and I think this is the important thing that comes out of all of this, is that really... It's very much, to, to, you know, designed to protect the future of, of the club in a sense by, you know, the fact that the Chelsea pitch owners own the freehold of Stamford Bridge. They own the pitch. It means that we want to protect having football played there forever. And I know everybody trusts Roman. And I know, I know he's he's been amazing, and there's no two ways about it. Mr. Abramovich has been amazing, but I think you know a lot of us say, well, what happens the day after Mr. Abramovich? You know, say say he. I mean, it's not as though it hasn't happened before. I mean, with Matthew Harding, you know, anything can <laughs> Absolutely. happen. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and what happens after he's gone? You know, would we be able to trust the people that come after him as much as we love and trust him? Answer it's a contingency. Is probably not. Yeah, it's a exactly. perfect contingency. Well, it's protection. It's security. Absolutely. Of course, it is. And we're the only club, the only club certainly in England that has this scheme in operation. So you really need to get involved, even though you might think, well, what's the point if they're going to, you know, stick this lease up there? It's still very important, and you get to own a bit of it. I mean, what is not to like about that? Uh, so all you have to do is you go to uh, info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out the uh, website, which is chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And then you can buy a share. I think they, they start the price is about 100 quid. You can pay more if you want to get it framed. Uh, interestingly enough, and I and I, know, I don't normally say this and I should have done for ages and ages and ages, but. You know, if you haven't got a hundred quid or so kicking around in your bank account right now, then you can do a, you know, you can pay in installments even, you know, like ten quid a month. So it's no biggie. Get on it; you won't regret it. Uh, you can also follow them on Twitter at Pitch Owners. Now, uh, thankfully, and I was very impressed to see this, but there were seven members um, of uh, of the Chelsea Supporters Trust board who were in attendance at the AGM, which, as I said, was very pleasing for me to see. Uh, many of us asked questions, including myself, uh, so that was all good. Now, uh, obviously, if you want to join the trust, get your voice heard by the club. It's five pounds, five English pounds to become a voting member, uh, and you sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com 
and that means you can attend the meetings that we have come to any of the events that we do and you can more importantly vote on the issues that directly affect you uh, and uh, make sure you get your voice heard so follow them at chelsea s trust now last but by no means least if alex, alex have you got a script in front of you i have I'm going to get you to read this because you are a CFC UK fan seller, aren't you? <laughs> At times, yes. And the latest CFC UK issue is now available. If you can't get it in person, you can always get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone is interested in getting a CFC UK copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at danlundberg underscore. Wonderfully, beautifully done. And Alex, can you just give people uh, a rendition of... uh... Of your pitch when we see you in the Fulham Road or at an away game. Honestly, buy it. Otherwise, Dave beats me works really well with people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been heard using that a few times. Maybe. Do it, or, do it for me. This, buy this and uh, we can all buy Courtois a plane ticket back to Madrid. Also works well with people. Oh, come on. You don't say that. You normally say, come I on, Chelsea fans. Only a pound, hurry up, etc. Et Beautiful. Cetera. Beautiful, beautiful. You've made an old man very happy. Right. Okay. after the break, we've got uh, one, just the one excellent email this week to get the debate going, as well as an exciting announcement about our involvement with Shaw uh, and Chelsea and the collaboration and all sorts of very hygienic things. Plus a couple of plugs uh, for some great events coming up. Do not go away. We will be back. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Welcome back, I'm Stanford Chidge, and this is the Chelsea Fancast, and we're on the home straight, part four. We all know what happens in part four. That means it's time for your emails. But this week it is email in the singular. But it's a cracker as always. Take it away, Jonathan. This is from Stephen Marshall. Hi, Chidge and the boys. How nice to be described as a boy. Thank you. Hope you're well. Given this podcast, we'll be following the FA Cup tie with Brentford, but we hopefully win. We did. I wanted to talk of my love of my love of love of four love for both the domestic cups, League Cup and FA Cup and how I lose my mind when people label them Mickey Mouse trophies or say they'd rather finish fourth than win a cup. It just baffles me, in all honesty. I think that's part of the reason why the cups are suffering, because people would rather get into the Champions League than finish the season as a cup winner. When I think of teams like Arsenal, who brag about consistently finishing in the CL spot and qualifying for the knockout rounds, I think, what's the point if you never win the competition? I would always take a trophy over a top four spot. I get financially better for the club, but who cares about that? Isn't football about watching your team achieve something and enjoying cup days, etc.? Anyway, I just wondered what our thoughts are on this regarding both domestic cups over the top four. Come on, you blues. Oh, definitely. What a lovely email. Move me to tears. Yeah. It's got some just, good points there. Sorry, go on. After you, Alex, of course. I was just going to say that um, I think Alan Shearer said on Match of the Day, he said this new culture of teams um, 
playing in their academy players and playing in like lesser players because Newcastle did it and Brighton did it and they're both out has actually given the FA Cup a new lease of life in a different way it's just kind of evolving in that it is exciting we've got two non-league teams in the last 16 which I don't think has ever happened before which is quite exciting for neutrals and exciting for people who don't usually get to go anywhere near a trophy or anywhere near Wembley and I do think that actually he had a point in that it's it's maybe not what we were used to with everybody putting their first team out and sort of trying to win the cup. But just because they don't do that doesn't mean that they can't be entertaining. I think there should be uh, an incentive for the FA Cup uh, to improve. And I think it should be, uh, I think it's been mentioned um, uh, in the media, which is that they should be allowed to, uh, um, the people winning it can qualify for the Champions League. Yeah. Could work, and because I, I, I think then it would mean that they they wouldn't put out put out crap teams. I know, as you say, it's a positive because they've got two lower two non-league teams mm. to qualify. But nonetheless, I think it diminishes the competition. The even leads putting up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. So I think it was Shearer said that, and it was yeah. Gary, uh, it was Philip Neville. Phil Neville who was the one who said that it's made it more exciting. And there's a uh, I think it's a valid point from both. All I would say is is that. Uh, Chidge, I don't know if he falls into this age bracket. He's a couple of years younger than me, but certainly J.K. will remember the 27 years of absolute shite between 1970 and 1997, and yeah. when after 43 seconds, 27 years went down the fucking pan, and I felt <laughs> good again because yeah. we scored a goal and we won that FA Cup that year. Um, uh, me and my brother must have drunk the best part of 10 pints while that game was going on. <laughs> and then certainly some of the most joyful, cheap, wank champagne that you've ever tasted in your life that we bought from the local um, Asian shop down the road afterwards to get ourselves completely smashed off our faces. And it was fantastic. And I won't ever forget that. And we've, we've every cup final we've watched together since then... Um, me and my middle brother, we've won. And I just think it's a fantastic competition. It has been completely demeaned by the likes of Wenger, mm. Manchester United missing out a year, etc. And one thing I'm really proud of with Chelsea is that we always put good teams out. We always try to win these competitions, even if we fall on our asses and have a banana skin like Bradford. Yeah, I mean, you can, okay. you can say that we put, don't put our first team out, but... Apparently, when Leeds team sheet came out, everybody was like literally going online to Google their academy because not even the Leeds fans had heard of any of these boys that got put out at Sutton yesterday. Which I think it's not necessarily you play your first team or you play utter shite, or there's in the middle. And I think we're somewhere in the middle. I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've ever really demeaned it to the extent. I mean, we lost to Bradford because we deserved to lose to Bradford. <laughs> we were awful. We went two 0 up, and then they played better than us. But I don't think you could say that Chelsea have ever sort of demeaned the cup. No, no. And the, that was my point, is is mm. that when you've had that 27-year gap of winning the fucking Zenith Data Systems <laughs> Cup or whatever <laughs> bollocks that was, yeah, which yeah. was a, a great day out and great fun, but it was yeah. never a serious competition that anybody was ever going to, you know. Bollocks. Yeah. When, I remember going to Wembley and thinking, why am I here? This is bollocks. Yes. Is, and, you know, when, and when, when we won, when we beat Man City, I was still thinking, I don't care. When everybody's going mad and it's just a replacement trophy and it's, yeah. it's it. But I have to say, my 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 story after the 1997 win was uh, um, I tried to sort of keep it in that I was delighted. And then the following day, when the trophy was, was paraded round uh, 
came from Sanford Bridge, and it, I think it went via the route by the town hall, which they don't do anymore. And as uh, I was writing, the the cup was was held up, um, uh, and uh, um, there was um, uh, you know Dimitea holding it up, and uh, the sight was so was so it was too much for me, and I burst out burst into tears so badly that I forced I had to go and hide behind a hedge. Because, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Have we lost Chidge? No, no, I'm just listening oh, okay. to you. Right, cool. I, I feel like a mixler listener. I just wrapped oh. listening to your conversation. No, I just, I just wondered if the lunatics were taking over the asylum because I had well, to did, speak. Did, I was really. like, can we seriously no, no, get away with No, no, you, you did. All right. Yeah. Obviously, you're, 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 you're freaking out. So I, I'll, I'll come in and rescue you as, as I'm the consummate fun. professional. I thinking, can I just come you up know. with something really outrageous right now and he's not here to stop me? <laughs> Oh, you sneaky, sneaky girl! I, can I? I just like to, you know, it's my my show, my show. No, it's not really at all. But I'm, I am joking. But I, I think it's really interesting to hear you talking about that because, you know, my gut feel is exactly that. You know, that that we love the cup at Chelsea. I love the cup. I mean, I've got mates, Tony, that that after we won the cup in seventy. You know, every year they watched. I mean, and they didn't know it was going to be twenty-seven years. To be fair to them, but every year they would get together with a few beers and and watch it all over again for twenty-seven mm. years until we won it again. I mean, that's what it was like. We were absolutely, apart from the obviously the uh, the European Cupers Cup in seventy-one, we were potless for such a long time. I mean, such a long time. We had no yeah. visions of winning the league. The only thing we could ever win was the FA Cup. And and I and I agree with you to a certain extent. I think that. Um, you know the modern game and that awful bloody boil on the arse of football the premier league has has demeaned it thoroughly i think the broadcasters are utterly culpable the fa should resign because they're not fit for purpose because they're you know they're they're further destroying it because i i was reading on twitter today that um you know the bbc actually wanted to 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 uh you know, put the the Sutton Leeds game on at the peak time, yeah. as it were. Yeah, yeah. And the FA said, "No, we want Man United against Wigan." Dan Walker, Man Dan United against Wigan. Shit. What yeah. is that all about? So I think you're right. I think they're absolutely demeaning. The greatest cup they competition are, in the world. They are fiddling while none. Rome burns. Speaking of, I would say, speaking of demeaning, the Cadbury's Premier League. Really? Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, you know, there better be some freebies. I tell you what, if they, were, if they were chocolate, if they were chocolate, they'd lick themselves. Uh, anyway, <laughs> listen. Final, final point on it. Final point on it. Really, you know, whilst all of that is true, and I, I, I passionately believe that and agree with you all wholeheartedly. One thing I will say, bizarrely, is that because so many, uh, you know, Premier League and and even Championship teams to a certain extent are are dropping their key players in order. Uh, to rest them for what is what they seem is more important. In a sense, that's giving the lower league teams a chance. And one of the things we love most about the mythical magic of the FA Cup is when you see lower league teams beat higher league teams, whether it's you know League Two beating Championship or or League One beating Premier League. But that's happening more more um, frequently than I think I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, you know, last year we, we were, you know, we were, we, we, you're seeing championship teams in the semi-final or, or teams right at the bottom of the Premier League getting, I mean, Palace got to the final. You know, this year we're seeing, for the first time ever, two non-league teams in the last 16. And that's what we all like to think is the magic of the cup. So whilst the reasons for it may be utterly morally bankrupt, I think that the net result is actually it's, it's adding and furthering the magic of the cup which I think is an interesting perspective. What say you, Mr. Glover? 
Oh, yeah, I do. And I, I'm sort of um, splinters up the arse caught between Shearer's this is cheating the fans, which in some cases it absolutely is. Um, you know, you you you, uh, you get reduced price tickets. You take your kids along to a Premier League club. They put out some, you know, a, a team of people like me and you that they've just found in the cock in and just <laughs> get your boots on, lads, you're playing. Um, I'd feel a bit cheated. On the other hand, of course, for the Suttons and the people like that, it is fantastic. It's great publicity. Um, the money that Sutton will get just from beating Leeds, but, you know, from um, uh, from playing Arsenal, will probably secure that club for 20 years. Well, 300 grand for getting to the Leeds game. Obviously, it'll be more now. Yeah. It would have been yeah. more if they played at, uh, at the Emirates, of course. But there we go. Right, we should move on. Jonathan, are you still with us? Or are you about to leap off, mate? I'm going to go now. Cheers. See you. Okay, <laughs> but look, look, yes, exactly. it's not working for him anymore. <laughs> no, no, he's going of his own free will. Uh, no, I've, it's I've brilliant having you on the show as always, Jonathan. Lovely. I'll see you see next week, week, mate. Have a good Fantastic. week. Love to see you, Alex, and uh, lovely to speak to you, Alex and Tony. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Cheers, Bye-bye. JK. Cheers, JK. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry about that, folks. But uh, no, Jonathan had to love us and leave us because he's got other things to do. He's such a busy man. I think he's... Uh, He's, he's probably whizzing off to the BBC to do a voiceover or alternatively playing uh, in the nets at Lords. Uh, uh, that's not a euphemism, by the way. Uh, anyway, um, right. Everything we love, else has we... been tonight. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we love, it's been the naughtiest show for a long time. I, and I blame, I'm blaming you, Alex. I think it's you're, you're the instigator. You're the agitator. You're the yeah, fire starter. Yeah, but it's lover's fault. He gets me excited. Oh, I, know. I love like having there. you. Oh, goodness gracious <laughs> hey, me. It's getting worse and worse and worse. Right. Tony's <laughs> blushing. I can see I, it. I, 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 I am, I am, blushing. I am really blushing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can't do this to men of our age, Alex. You know, we've got dodgy hearts and things. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we should move on. Uh, we love receiving your emails, people out there, and as you know, we'll we'll always try and read them out. Uh, so uh, so send me more, and I shall get them read out by the lovely Jonathan Kidd. Send them to chelseafancast at gmail before a Monday or kind of Monday lunchtime, absolute latest, and it'll get in the show now. I've got a few plugs here, so uh, bear with me. Uh, And sadly, I would have got Jonathan to read these out had he been here, but instead you'll have to put up with my horrible voice. Anyway, um, this is from Paul Robinson, who says, I read this out last week, but I'm going to do it again because it's such a great idea. I'm thinking it would be great for Chivs, Gary Chivers, uh, to mention his forthcoming gig during the next couple of podcasts. uh, Per attached poster, which I still haven't put up on the website, but I will, Paul, I promise you. Gary Chivers is hosting uh, an event uh, or an evening with Colin Pates or, as Marco said, when Pates went up to lift the Starbucks cup, we were there. Uh, anyway, that's gone past these two. Photograph with Marco. No, no, no. Anyway, I've seen it. Uh, oh, oh, okay, yeah. you, you did see it. Lovely. Anyway, it's on Friday week, so I'd imagine uh, it's very, very soon. Uh, forgive me, I can't remember the date, so hopefully it's this week. Otherwise, I'm in trouble. Uh, it's the third of Gary's gigs uh, that he's attended at Sutton. Previously, Kerry and Bobby Tambling were there. Uh, they've all sold out a standing room only in highly intimate surroundings with plenty of time to chat and meet the guests. Uh, and later in February, uh, Gary is hosting a similar evening with Ray Wilkins, uh, which in such a small room will sell out almost immediately. Uh, now, importantly, all those attending the Colin Pates evening will get priority in applying for the Ray Wilkins tickets. So get on that. And I will endeavour to get that flyer that you sent me, Paul, put somewhere where people can see it, because obviously that is very important. Um, Right, there's a Chelsea Old Boys versus Rangers Old Boys uh, match coming up, which you really need to get your... uh, get your consciousness round uh it is the rangers legends versus chelsea old boys at sutton united all these yellow, are your manner alex have yellow, you noticed yellow have you yeah have you noticed that it's all at sutton 
I did Amazing. notice yesterday that the first thing the commentator said was, don't tell them they play in yellow, it's chocolate and gold. And then everyone promptly started chanting yellow, yellow for 90 minutes and made them look <laughs> Well, there we go. Uh, right, now, it's a Sutton United FC on the 17th of June at 3pm. And there's an official launch uh, with ticket day details, hospitality sponsorship, ETC, on Friday, February the 3rd, this Friday. So watch out for that. I'll give you their Twitter handle in a minute. Uh, anyway, for Chelsea, Besant, Moncow, uh, Dixon, Morris, Canneville, Flo, Jimmy Floyd, to name a few. For Rangers, Gordon Jury, Alex Ray, Marco Negri, Mark Falco, and uh, Charlie Miller, to name a few. Uh, pre-match lunch for those interested. Match tickets, terracing, £12 adults, £6 kids. Seats, £15 or £7.50. And any queries, do not hesitate to ask at Rangers underscore Bogner. So there you go. Now... The last thing which I've been promising for ages and ages and ages is uh, this uh, new kind of collaboration between Shaw and Chelsea. And I'm going to read out their statement and I will comment afterwards. But Chelsea Football Club is delighted to announce Shaw as our new official personal care partner and Eden Hazard uh, will become an ambassador for the UK's number one deodorant brand. Uh, I don't think there's any inference that Eden needs uh, deodorant more than anybody else by that. Anyway, Shaw products will feature in the Chelsea changing room from now on. So both on match days at Stamford Bridge and at the Cobham uh, training ground. I, I, I should hasten to add here, I need to declare an interest because I have been a long-time user of Shaw deodorant. So that means that the entire Chelsea club will now smell as beautiful as me and not sweat as much. Uh, so and me, it's a good thing. And me, I've got to say that. I'm, and you know, me. There we go. Yes, yes. How about that? Now, as part of their commitment to Premier League football, Shaw recently launched the Goal Pressure Index, analysing player performance at the key moments in the game. As the season progresses, Shaw will be creating regular content on its football-dedicated Twitter channel, with fans gaining the opportunity to win tickets to matches at Stamford Bridge. Now, at this point, I should declare another interest. Well, I've been talking to them for a while, and they have spoken to me, and they're well up for collaborating with us too to the extent that we will be running competitions and we will be giving away a couple of match day tickets. How about those apples? I think that that is well worth getting involved with them in order that we can provide you with the chance to win some tickets to a couple of games. What do you think, boys and girls? What if you turn up smelling a right guard? Do they still let you in? You won't be winning any, Alex. You won't be winning any. (laughs) Can't mention the competition. Oh, John Chips Chiverton's come in there with a sure is. Bonnie Rig Blue says sure. I think it's a great idea, Tony, because, you know, we know that it's quite hard for people to get tickets sometimes. So Exactly. We can offer them out. Yeah, we can offer them out as a yeah, yeah, exactly. If you can offer them out as a prize. I think it's and a good idea. They often do really good offers in 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 um in Asda, where you get two for one or whatever. Mate, it's a personal yes. favourite of man. Has been forever. I've always used Sure, while also providing exciting content and unique insights to add to the uh, their overall spectator experience through social channels. The Goal Pressure Index, powered by Opta in particular, will aid our hashtag Nevermore Sure campaign with a credible lens on how the top footballers in this country perform in the moments that matter. So there you go. You've got something for everybody there. You've got something for people who actually want to be lucky enough to get tickets to a game, Alex. Like I we hope, do I hope they all win. I hope they're flooded with tickets. And apparently okay, Americans listen. won't have a clue what we're talking about because it's called degree in the state. Is it? Oh. Yeah. Is it? There we go. There we go. Three degrees of yeah. six degrees of separation, in fact. Keep your eyes open for Shaw's fan competitions, i.e., us giving you some tickets to go to the games and videos featuring Hazard 
throughout the rest of the season. I mean, bottom line is it sounds like a cracker and uh, we are only joking, sure. We think it's a great yeah. idea and yeah. the opportunity for us to partner with you and help some of our listeners win tickets is all right by me. Now, Can I just uh, say quickly hit- that at least Shaw and Deodorant has some relevance, unlike Man United, who have a pillow partner. Right, I shit okay. you not, they have a pillow partner. The mind boggles. Right, <laughs> exactly. now, be quiet, Alex, because I've got to get to the end of the show. Uh, right, I've got a lo- another one that's late in, uh, and this is from the lovely Lacey Lee, or at Lee, L-E-I-G-H underscore Lacey, L-A-C-E-E, who I've been tw- uh, ch- chatting to on Twitter. I almost got that very wrong. Uh, chatting to on Twitter, uh, and she uh, has got a mate who I think works for Bet365. And there's a great offer going on Bet365. So if you like a bit of a punt on the football, which I must admit I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for, uh, stupidly. And I know I've got a lot of mates who are as well. Bottom line is uh, they've got an offer which will uh, double your bonus uh, and you have to go to their website. Now, what I'll do, because obviously I can't, uh, you know, kind of, give you the url where you link up to this properly for the offer so what i'll do is in about five minutes i'm going to put that on twitter okay so those of you who are listening live and like a bet go and look at chelsea fancast twitter and you'll see the details there and i'll copy lee uh in all right so that you know how to get hold of that well that's great it's really nice for her to kind of like share that with us because as i said i know a lot of people who like a bet on the football so any offers are gratefully received isn't that right tony of course yes um i I'd never used the phrase um Ligging and freeloading, I'd just say it's always very generous when the, when this sort of thing happens. Of course, it's great. Absolutely right. Now uh, we are at the end of the show. I'm afraid um, we're almost on time, just about. <laughs> uh, but that is, I'm afraid, all we've got time for this week. Uh, make sure you download the next Carrie Dixon preview show this Thursday, uh, when Carrie and I will be discussing the fallout from the Liverpool game on Tuesday and previewing the Arsenal match. Uh, coming up on this Saturday. Massive, 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 massive week for Chelsea this. I tell you what, if we come out with six points from this, I can almost smell it. I can smell it from here if we do that. But hey, we've got to do it first, so fingers crossed that we will. Now, of course, I will be back next Monday night together with Jonathan and uh, two mystery guests, as I've not actually done the schedule yet, (laughs) but don't worry, I will. Uh, So expect a call on about uh, five o'clock on Monday next week, Tony and Alex. Please come on the show, otherwise it'll just be me and Jonathan and nobody will ever listen again. Uh, So there we go, but I will get the schedule sorted out, I promise. But uh, what I can can guarantee is that we're going to have an interview with Gary Hayes uh, to discuss his forthcoming documentary series on Chelsea and our history, which he will be releasing as a series of podcasts. Sounds very exciting, like documentary podcasts, not like this waffle, uh, something intelligent. Uh, Now, he's raising money because it's going to cost him money to do this and make this, but he's going to have interviews with ex-players, with fans, you name it. He's really putting a lot into this. He's a lovely guy, and you'll probably know him because he's been on the Chelsea podcast uh, and, of course, he, he writes and does reports for Bleacher Report, all sorts of things. He's a really good lad. Anyway, he's raising money so he can make it. So you need to check him out uh, or his new venture out on uh, Twitter, at Chelsea underscore pod, and you'll find details there of the Kickstarter campaign for which he is trying to raise money. So if you can, please give generously, and uh, we'll be talking to him about it all next week. Now, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and Alex at Churchill underscore Alex. 
And of course, check out the website, chelseafancast.com. Many thanks to my uh, my wonderful Chelsea Fancast bloggers. And Alex, I will do my best to try and get yours up as soon as possible, if you see what and, I mean. Now, uh, Hashtag what? cop suckers. Don't forget, people. Hash, yes, hash, hashtag cop suckers, indeed. Now, Tony, brilliant to have you on the show, as always. It's been a pleasure, mate. And it's been, I've, I've been laughing on mute so, so much. And Alex has got a lot to do with that. <laughs> it's been a uh, been a re giggle tonight, hasn't it? As as indeed, yes, yeah. Great I fun. blame you, Alex, for it being such a giggle. Uh, lovely to have you on the show, of course, as always. Thank you for stepping into the breach uh, because Clayton wasn't well. That's very sweet of you to do that. Much appreciated. No worries. Also, hashtag clop out if you want a laugh before you go to bed, yeah. everybody as well. Ha- yeah, get the hashtag clop out going, but I prefer hashtag cop suckers for tomorrow Definitely. night. That's what we want. Anyway, look, good luck, Chelsea, for tomorrow night. Uh, for those of you lucky enough to be going up, enjoy it and uh, come back safe, of course. Yeah, Alex, you're going to be there, Alex. Indeed. You lucky, lucky girl. Tony no. and I will be sitting there riveted to our armchairs, no doubt. Indeed. But there you go. Right, Indeed. we better go, guys, because we're out of time. But uh, many thanks to my lovely guest this week. And Jonathan, of course, he had to disappear early. Always lovely to have him by my side. Right, thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.